attention. The movie guys love movies. Any comments about the greatest name ever given to a film director whose Taken 3 opens this weekend are purely for entertainment purposes only. Isn't that right? Olivier Megaton. Yeah, find me a director name better than Olivier Megaton. There isn't one. There isn't one. Is that really the name of the director? Yeah. That's the guy's name. I was going to say, you didn't laugh enough. No. And I want to tell you, that's a real name of a real guy. <laughs> Megaton. Megaton. Yeah. How could you have a low self-esteem with that name? What I would be disappointed <laughs> to find out not. is that it has some foreign pronunciation that's not Megaton. Oh. And Megaton. And I'd be like, oh, no, it's, it's just no fun. begging for bad Megaton. reviews. It's, it's, like, yeah, it's yeah, Oliver Megaton. bombs. Like. <laughs> oh, nice. He's making Luke, he's making Luke Besson movies, so <clears throat> you never know. Could Luke happen. Besson. Wait, are you, do you mean Oliver McGatton? Because I know Megatton. Oliver McGatton. Hey, McGatton. Uh, the McGatton clan. Oh, oh, Olivier Megaton. Whatever. Olivier Megaton. Hey, welcome to the movie showcast, everybody. Part of the vast and sprawling movie guys empire. That's our lot in life. It's not a lot, but it's our life. You've reached ground zero for all things movies and comedy. We bring the two together right here on our show every week with jokes, rants, sketches, characters, bits, special guests, and more as we broadcast from the Admirals Club in the heart of Burbank Airport, uh, the flyover zone here, as we like to call it. They don't stop making movies, so we don't stop making comedy shows about movies, which means you can get a new show from us every week. Basically, search Google, Yahoo, or... Bing! Bing! And we come right up. <laughs> that is iTunes, SoundCloud, Vimeo, Funny or Die, YouTube, Stitcher, Player.fm, PulpEpic.com, and of course, TheMovieGuys.net, absolutely free. And we encourage you to subscribe wherever you can. And if you do... How much? No charge. Thank you. Especially iTunes. Now, uh, we're also on WBAD.net, Fridays at 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific. Please tell your friends, share and like posts and videos and all that stuff at The Movie Guys on Twitter and Instagram. I am your host for the hardest working podcast on the airwaves, Paul Preston, here with Lee Caius, Adam Witt, and Karen Volpe. Joining us for the show, the whole show, uh, first show of the new year, is an actor who's appeared in films like Knocked Up and Meet the Fockers, as well as TV shows like Community and ER. J.P. Manu is with us. That's him. <laughs> Out with the Manold, in with the Manu. Yeah. Happy Manu Year, everyone. Told you we were professionals. Um, your audience can't hear the planes actually flying over, can they? No. Slightly. A little bit. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. It it's was, not as bad as it is here It was in terrific, because as you ramped up to saying my name, it was like beyond <laughs> a stadium of applause. It was like the earth rattled, and, and wow. And then a plane so landed on the studio. Yeah. 200 people wanted in, just from way overhead, but they mm. wanted to be a part of your it's, introduction. It's one of those weird planes where every seat is first class. <laughs> <laughs> now, Lee, you verified JP's well, pronunciation I to, of his last name. Now I'm guessing it was just for that bit, wasn't it? Well, I wanted to make sure he was pronouncing it correctly, because sometimes he doesn't. Because um, <laughs> sometimes guests come in and don't yeah. know. Wait right. <laughs> really, a minute. So you're saying, Paul, that he worked that out before the show started? Yeah. Oh, my God. Actually, no, I just thought of the Manold right there. Yeah, well, Manu. You know, the, uh, the TV show, you know what's a better pronunciation for that? Mannix. <laughs> it's very close to I'm, Mannix. Yeah. That's I was, why. I was a fan of the Mannix role. Uh, yeah. I remember that. That's, I'm just old enough to remember Mike Connors? Uh, watching him dive out of the car. and Chuck Connors or Mike Chuck, Connors? Mike Connors, I, I think. I thought you were talking yeah. about some sort of Chuck Connors was the rifleman. It was, world. A, it was oh. a TV show called Mannix, and he was a detective. And uh, was this a sweet spot on the mic? No, no, I'm yeah. just trying to. It is actually, yes. That, yeah, yeah, um, that, that actually did sound sweet. Uh, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, he would, uh, the, the opening credits of the TV show, he would uh, dive out of a moving car 
and do a little roll and like come up with his gun and yep. freeze frame and it, that was uh, the Mannix roll. And, That's amazing. Yeah, and they directly spoofed that in Police Squad, right? Yeah. Where the car went by, ah, Lauren Green rolls yeah, out of it and exactly. he's got a knife in his chest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's dead. God, I love Police Squad. Oh, it's oh, a great perfect show. I'm a special guest. There's no Lauren funnier Green. show. There mm-hmm. isn't. And Abraham Lincoln. And the Naked Gun movies did not disappoint. Like, no, it was a, not at all. Uh, yeah. I've told the story before, but Naked Gun is one of those movies I laughed at so hard. Like, there was construction in the theater, and thank God that they pulled the seats up next to where I was sitting so I could fall into and roll around in that space during the, base, the, the baseball game. You? Baseball What's game. Oh, yeah, the old baseball game. The botched game. banner, the crazy breakdancing <laughs> yeah. uh, strike calls. Yeah. And, uh, you Which know, really oh, only God. Leslie Nielsen could pull off. Like, he, he yeah. has to take it so seriously when he's doing the most ridiculous yeah. dance. Yeah, yeah. A classic. Rest in peace. I love when they showed the bloopers <laughs> and they're all like a tiger attacks someone or someone goes up with the ball and hits their head and decapitates them. <laughs> Things, moments that didn't That's make great. the movie. Back yeah. then, they would shove jokes into every little crevice yeah. and corner yeah. and you can tell it's like the, the David Zuckers and stuff. They get yeah. older, they get way looser and less funny and same thing with the... Uh, yeah, I, I got to work with David Zucker just a, a year and a half ago, two years ago. It was uh, Scary Movie 5. Oh. He, he took over the franchise a couple of scary movies ago. Yes, and it actually benefited from that. I think 4 was the first it, one. Yeah. It was way funny but, compared uh, to 3. Yeah, after all those years and all those jokes that he's put in everything, like I caught a recycled joke in the script, <laughs> and it was from Police Squad. Oh, It was uh, the when the boxer you know, gets knocked out, and he sits up into frame, and he's got the googly eyes. And the um, referee comes in, or is a referee in a boxing match? What do you call yeah, it? Yeah, yes. whatever it is. He comes in and he, he Joe holds, Cortez, one of my goes, favorite referees. How many, like, Jane how many fingers? And he goes, Thursday. And then he falls out. <laughs> it was like, it was hilarious in Police Squad. And then it was in the script for Scary Movie 5. And I was like, delighted. And I wanted him to sign my script. I'm like, you got to sign next to this joke because this, ah, this joke awesome. is exactly 30 years old. I loved it when it first, you know, uh-huh. and I'm so happy that it's being. You, you're, that all you know, sounds like a compliment, but homage, it's not. that you're bringing it back. Like, I want you to know <laughs> I notice and I love it and I can't wait. And he was just like, don't tell anyone. <laughs> Like, oh, shit. Wait a minute. Like, you're saying we shouldn't recycle jokes? Paul, we like, got to talk. Oops. <laughs> 30 years, I think, uh, statute of limitations. He's oh, okay. okay. After 30 years. I think it's fair to take it from police squad. If you if you recycle from airplane or naked gun or something like that, yeah. that's like a big meaty thing. But people, police squad came and went, and I think yeah. you should be able to use all of those. Uh, in, in whatever you'd like, a bigger audience. Yeah, it deserves a. Bigger Just got audience. a text here from Bill Cosby. He says, "Yeah, thirty years." Is <laughs> your, <laughs> yeah. so Topical. All right, uh, Topical. stick with us. We've got lots coming up here, including two award-contending films going into wide release and one new film opening in theaters. Hmm. And we're here to prep you for it all. Don't go into the movie theater unprepared. First up. Inherent Vice, with a plot as complicated as the cast is interesting. This movie promises to be a movie that's in theaters this January. Also, a civil rights struggle drama ripped from yesterday's, today's, and tomorrow's headlines. Selma. And later in the show, Liam Neeson's back doing what he does best. Answering the phone. Wanted for murder. Suspect's name, Brian Mills. 21, he joins the army. 23, he joins the special forces. It's loud. What he does? He's a trained sniper. An explosives expert. No service record, no discharge record, nothing. This guy right here, he knows how to disappear. That's, uh, 
That's Forrest Whitaker letting everyone who may not have seen Taken and Taken 2 yeah. know what, just what's up. Right? <laughs> also know what happened in First Blood, maybe. Also I was know what happened thinking in, it might have been uh, still yeah. Yeah. that. Jack Reacher. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Take that, take that uh, rundown for the uh, person who just came in the room and thinks they know a little too much about the person that they're all searching for. And and we go down, we throw some cuffs on them, we're good. <laughs> Wait. No. <laughs> That's a great parody. We need to do that for some show. I don't know if I'm going to... I don't think I'm ruining a joke, but he just said he knows how to disappear. Yeah. Be in a movie that comes out in January. Hello. Yeah. Oh. And thank you for looking into the script to see if that was a joke we already did. I really was like, what? I don't think so. Liam Neeson disappears in a movie. Hey, if you can do work on the joke by asking his name before we start rolling, I can read ahead. <laughs> well, don't tell me how the show ends. Okay. Is that? No, I haven't seen Taken 1 and 2, but is that what he does in Taken 1 and 2? He disappears? No, no, like, but this know, is the first just... time he has to disappear. Yeah. Oh, right. So this is that's why they're saying, look, all this badassery people. he's had. Now you can add to the fact that you're never going to find this guy, because all the badassery in the past yeah. just went to his mission: save my right. wife, save my wife, save my daughter, whatever it is. Yeah, now, now it's he's like wanted. Now he's wanted. I do yeah. hope like Taken Four is just a big game of hide and seek. <laughs> ah, <take laughs> I don't four. know where you are. <laughs> I'm going to count to 100 and All right. be the end just of speaking for the Just speaking for the female demographic, if you just took Liam Neeson, a puppy and a baby, and played hide and seek, I could watch that for hours. Who would you want to find first? I don't even know. I would just like to watch him, this big, sexy man, just with like a little baby going, where are you? Where are you? I'd be like, mm, I don't even like babies. I'd be like, what? And we have the title, right? Because we did this before. Look who's taken now. Look who's that's, taken. The greatest, that's the best title. Oh, that's yeah. awesome. The most takenest. <laughs> All right, let's get to our opening film here. Um, one that is going into wide release with award aspirations. It's got uh, Joaquin Phoenix looking like Neil Young in a Big Lebowski meets Fear and Loathing Las Vegas hard-boiled story of a private dick in Los Angeles. Private dick? Ooh, is this a porn? A private dick is in Private Eye. It oh. also stars Reese Witherspoon. Oh, man, I wish it was a porn. Well, <laughs> if it were, the plot would be a lot less complicated, yeah. that's for sure. Lee, let's talk about Inherent Vice. <laughs> Paul show, Thomas man. Anderson, the filmmaker so important that he gets three names, <laughs> returns to the first comedy since Boogie Nights. And he does it the only way he knows how, by making an impenetrable three-hour narrative experiment. <laughs> this time, Paul Thomas Anderson Baker Hall finally <laughs> brings novelist Thomas Pynchon to the big screen. Now, I'm not a book guy, but from the way the press release is read, I gather Pynchon is hard to adapt. And from this trailer, I further conclude that this is because his books don't make much sense. Anyway, here's a clip. Whoa. Are you all right? Am I? Are you? <laughs> Ordinarily, we're the ones asking the questions. Okay, that clip's a little confusing, I guess. But, <laughs> yeah. but to let you know how hard it is to make sense of this story, here's that clip in the context of the movie. Whoa. Are you all right? Am I? Oh, are they? What? Who? What's happening? Her? Doctor. 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 And doctor. Are you? Ordinarily, we're the ones asking the questions. It's a little more confusing. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> it was more entertaining to have the longer version. Who? The movie tells the story of Doc Sportello, a burnt-out private detective in Los Angeles of 1969. His world is thrown into chaos when an ex-girlfriend shows up with the tale of a plot to kidnap a billionaire and throw him into an insane asylum. This kicks off a series of events so numerous and weird that it could only come from a book. Oh, there you go. This film looks to explore L.A.'s seedy underbelly. 
Much of the film seems to star the worms, bugs, and mold you expose when you flip over a rock that hasn't moved in 30 years. <laughs> the film also features Josh Brolin, who, based on his character's behavior, seems to be playing a public dick. Moto Panikeku! Moto Panikeku! Moto Panikeku! This movie is very Thomas Pynchon. I've heard. <laughs> Guess I should find out what all that means. We're undoubtedly enraging any Thomas Pynchon fans in our audience, but the joke's on them because I didn't know they existed until roughly this week. <laughs> Inherent Vice is a movie that is only described with words that have never been used to describe any movie. It's a surf noir psychedelic romp. Oh, one of those. <laughs> I used to be a big fan of Paul Thomas Anderson, Seymour Hoffman, but after his last couple of movies, I thought, maybe I was just a fan of Boogie Nights and Magnolia. We'll see if that changes with Inherent Vice, but one thing will always be true. Paul Thomas Anderson will never be the storyteller that his father, Ernie Anderson, was. Saturday, the love boat just might sink. That's entertainment. It's a Titanic two-hour spectacular when Barbie Benton, David Birney, the Rovers Audra Lindley, Lola Falana, Dick Martin, and Donna Mills sail unawares into the funniest ocean disaster ever. Hello. I thought we might have a little chat. <laughs> Goodbye. Goodbye. Is that little enough for you? Is this the big kiss-off for the love boat? Wow. I never saw that episode. Lola Falana. Lola Falana. No. The, the, Here advice, everybody. The funniest sentence ever said, the Ropers, Audrey, Audrey, Audrey Lindley. Lindley. Yeah. <laughs> the Ropers, neither <laughs> of the main stars. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. Is she is a star of oh, the Ropers. They didn't mention that she's from Three's Company. Three's Company right. first. Oh, yeah, she's yeah, She's from yeah. Spinoff, The, Ro- the Roper. Oh, okay, I got After oh, Mash's Gary Burgoff. Roper? No, this might have yeah. been before the show, The Ropers. It might have just been referencing the couple, The Ropers. Oh. Oh. <laughs> it was just like, and you know, right. The Ropers saw this. No. <laughs> that's how familiar it's, they were to everybody. All right, I don't know this. Is that true? Is that his dad? That's what I found out. Yeah, that's Ernie Anderson. I learned at our uh, That is Ernie Anderson. Uh, Goulardi. Goulardi, yeah. Cleveland. See, it's the, uh, always about nepotism in this business. You had Oh, all definitely for Paul Thomas yeah. Anderson. <laughs> I mean, super definitely. You had definitely. all those three-name people, but you, what, you didn't reference the Miami Vice three-name oh, people. Philip, Philip Michael Thomas. Oh, Michael. I was almost there. <laughs> started Miami Vice, and I was, I was like, oh, my God. Oh, that's true. Oh, God. Yes. Right. That's going to be God my job it. tonight. always Well, hey. I'm the dramaturg. To Adam's credit, who wrote that. Philip Seymour Hoffman and Philip Baker Hall, both in Magnolia. Yes. Right? So there you go. That's that's the joy. Uh, yeah, there's a whole three-name thing going on with his cast. Mm-hmm. That was enjoyable. Let's do yeah. another. Thursday, Mork's homesick for Orr. <laughs> that was wildly creative, Mindy, but that hardly lightens a load. Mork and Mindy. And Tillman's a jailbird who'll try anything to escape. Try anything, Marshall, I wouldn't think of this. Best of the West. Then Louis brings his business talents to Wall Street. You need to get dirty. It's a special one-hour taxi. Then, find out about America's fascination with chocolates. And hear the world's most famous choir on 2020. Thursday on ABC. I love that. I love what 2020 is covering uh, that night. <laughs> it's just it's so serious after a taxi. Hey, it's a new taxi. Then, chocolate. <laughs> I mean, but then it goes into chocolate and a choir. <laughs> Nothing going on with Jimmy Carter that week? <laughs> oh, that was good so shit. Oh, that was awesome. We love playing 70s stuff in here. Oh, <laughs> I'm, I'm digging it. The All movie of the week casts like, are our favorite. Yeah, yeah, imagining that, like him and Casey Kasem playing poker together. is a, <laughs> like, it's just because it's such affected voices. Like, <laughs> oh, so there's no <laughs> way that's really their voice. Like, I did all do love. <laughs> and I'm going to raise you. Yeah. Fire. <laughs> Where are the figure sandwiches? Now Paul Thomas. <laughs> 
<laughs> you get in here and eat your vegetables. Um, uh, now, back when David Bernie was a thing. Yes. Before we start talking about awesome 70 movies, uh, 70s TV shows, oh. we were just talking about Inherent Vice. Yes, I don't we know were. if you guys remember yeah, well, that. I remember okay. that. That's what we're supposed to be talking about. That's where that. we were. I just wanted to put out, out there that um, we put a script together and, and we have little notes about what we might want to discuss so we don't forget. And the one note I had Paul put on here, it says, Hershey kissed nipples and lesbians. Mm-hmm. Have any of you seen this movie? Paul and I saw it. This is no a movie inherent of, vice. Oh no, I haven't. The one oh, we I just were you back, tried, Yeah, I tried to. <laughs> it's hard to listen. I tried to watch it because uh, I get uh, screeners. I'm very right. lucky to be in a union where they send me the screeners. Oh, and uh, you got an inherent vice. I had an inherent vice, and uh, my DVD player couldn't play it. it. Yeah, that's because your DVD player loves you. Yeah, All right. <laughs> it wants I to was be fair. Yes, we saw the movie, and it was really long and confusing. But there are two things that stay with you. There's this one scene where this beautiful actress, don't even know what she was from or where. I have never seen her. Catherine Waterston, I think her name is. Uh, she is she's the something. one doing the voiceover like in yeah. the movie. Whenever you see the trailer, and she has this beautiful little southern voice. And she comes in and is talking to him with no clothes on and plays with her Hershey Kiss nipple. And it's the only thing, I don't even know what she said. What did she say, Paul? I don't know. So I, I don't know what great movie to make. She just mm. leans in, and I don't think he hears her. I don't think anyone hears her. All I saw was her play with her nipple. It was like a big giant Hershey kiss. Tiny little, I love the tiny little one. We got to do a like little a, time like out to clarify. Like regular size Hershey, kiss, Hershey nipple, kiss nipple. You mean the shape? And the color. brown? Well, I think they were darker. Covered like in tinfoil. And a little flag sticking out of them. Yeah. That you want to kiss them. Each one has a little tag with someone's Your name job on it. is to see them. <laughs> what, which, what is They're a covered in foil? Nipple. Yeah. They were covered in the Christmas foil. Okay. No, she just comes in with no top on and she gets herself uh, aroused while she talks to him. They and sound I like bells when you shake them. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's another scene, and I think, I mean, if you think that was gratuitous, I think this is really gratuitous. The lead guy, um, Shaggy McGee, what's his name? Joaquin Phoenix. Shaggy McGee. Doc Sportello. Doc Sportello McGee, Shaggy. <laughs> he goes to get information, though I don't even think half the time he knows what he's doing. He's like a really lame Big Lebowski. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? He's lame not, Lebowski. Yeah, mm-hmm. lame Lebowski. Yeah. So he goes to get information from this girl and she has this really thick kind of uh, Japanese accent I don't Chinese anyway she calls another woman out to help her and they have lesbian sex Karen, everything you've said about this movie sounds amazing. This, so. is, all, this is all couched in, this movie is terrible. Yeah. Now here's some things about I know, it. I'm yeah. really <laughs> upset about my DVD player. The most incongruous <laughs> sentence ever. They just go movie's down. terrible. It's nothing but naked women and uh, sex. <laughs> and lesbian sex and Hershey Kiss nipples. <laughs> Horrible. That's the only thing that's good. Oh, and Martin Short is in it. And he actually um, takes his pants down. Okay, so there's a couple things that are good in it. He, now you're getting to where maybe you get full frontal from Martin Short. He has, no, his, no, no, he has no. his underwear on. Okay, just yeah. balls. Yeah. Just, just a little left count? ball, <laughs> side balls. ball. You get side ball. Yeah. Yeah. Funny if there was an MPA regulation that you could hang balls out the side of your underwear and that's fine. Still PG-13. One on each side. It's like that with women. You can have side boob for days. Yeah. You should right? then you should be able to hang a brain. Right. Yeah, exactly. That's what we used to call it. Uh, you put your balls outside That's your right. zipper. <laughs> you just you, like, you hit your one ball out That's the side amazing. of your shorts, but your your scrotal skin has to be pulled tight enough that you can see like the veins. Oh, the veins! So that so it looks like a brain. So it's like a brain. Yeah, like a brain. Yeah, that's right. I'm so glad you're here. I'm learning brain. a lot. This is a Hi, good Mom. new year. <laughs> Adult language, some sexual She's a big content. Fan. She's a balls. <laughs> <laughs> the Roper's Audrey Lindley. <laughs> the Roper's Audrey Lindley. Oh, well, I think we won with the that end segment. of the movie, guys. 
Uh, I will Saturday, it's Saturday. I will say this. Uh, Paul Thomas Anderson, you have to work at liking a lot of his movies. Yes. But once you work at it, it does come rewarding sometimes. Like Magnolia, I enjoyed the first time, yeah. but I was like, I don't know, that might be a bunch of pretentious bullshit. And then I watched it you know, again and really kind of worked I at it. Like yeah. It gets yeah. better and better. And I even think Boogie Nights, which is the I easiest remember to watching watch. There Will Be Blood and being like, that, that ending, what the, what the fuck with that ending? And yeah. like, but the whole which movie I don't is think you've so seen. good. Right. I haven't seen it. Oh, it's and great. It's, it's a terrific, terrific movie yeah. and was totally deserving right now, of all the acclaim it got that award season. Like, yeah, yeah I agree with you. Yeah. And, and, and there are no. Nobody, so this will be frustrating if it sucks. I, but see, I think this one, this one is absolutely the long goodbye. I don't know if anybody in the room has seen that, but that is a Robert Altman movie that is Philip Marlowe, and he decided to set Philip Marlowe in 1960s Los Angeles, so very hippied out, very uh, you know counterculture and all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. It was radical at the time. The movie was protested because people wanted a real Philip Marlowe with like a Clint Eastwood or something or you know something like that. Um, but it is clear. I, I read an article on Inherent Vice, and he screened a bunch of movies for his crew before they shot it. Amongst them were The Big Lebowski, obviously, as an influence. A couple of wacky comedies. And then he did uh, the, the Long Goodbye. But I swear he must have shown The Long Goodbye between every movie because this movie is so, it's just got, he really just clearly wanted to go right mm. for that. But he's often aping Altman in some way in his movies, too. If you're an Altman fan, you that can see true. that. Yeah. yeah. But I just, I, I, I never. I mentioned 60s counterculture and I put on my, my beanie. Right. Oh, nice. My, You've my, up? my hippie toque. But now, I can't figure out how to hear anything through it. <laughs> Can you toque up and have it be above your ears? No, you can't. Can I you? tried. I first tried to put it over the top, but that doesn't. Really oh wait, that's work. not bad. Really? Well, in that kind of you look funny way. Well, maybe. <laughs> I'll work this for a week <laughs> or two. It's a good time to say there's it a YouTube like, channel. Pilot you know season. What? This Dude, is going to be my new headshot. You look like you have dreadlocks. That's what that looks like. <laughs> I look like, like I used to have dreadlocks. No, like you do now because they're all up in there. Like I work at Starbucks, they make me tuck. That's what it looks like. Yeah, you look like you have a lot of hair tucked in there. Okay, I'll, 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 des- I'll describe to the audience what's going on. Oh, Karen's right. pointing, and he's got a hat on. Yeah. All right, they caught up. You know who needs a, a shout out here is the editor of the trailer because he does make this film look really good. Oh, yes. Or I didn't it's find a it cool good. Trailer. Yeah. The trailer is really. Good. But I have a general decline of the love of the Paul Thomas Anderson movies. Yeah. Love Boogie Nights, like Magnolia, Punch Drunk Love is good. There will be blood and man, the Master. Never, of yeah. Just yeah, they're just going down for me. Yeah, that's that. the thing. I didn't see the Master. I didn't see There Will Be Blood. Yeah. So I kind of want to watch those, and I want to go back and watch Punch Drunk Love because I did like that one. But I was like, oh, that is a second time watcher because you're just like, it I is. need to know the game and then go back and now enjoy it. You know. Yeah, it is. Yeah, because that'll sure. make that that movie literally makes left turns. You know, just all of a sudden, there's this is happening, and that's the thing. And, and before then, next movie, what happened to Jan Hammer? Yeah. Uh, now that we played his music at the top there. Uh, how great is this? He's out there somewhere. He and Harold Faltermeyer just like on an island somewhere. That's a reference for, for me. Jan Hammer. <laughs> Harold Faltermeyer. Gone. Yeah. So anyway, incoherent vice. <laughs> Our next movie uh-huh. here is... Uh, whoop, wait a second. Oh. I forgot that reminds me we have to make an announcement. The Movie Guys preview of Taken 3 is brought to you by Larry B. Hey! hey Larry B. Hi, Larry. Larry B, a Movie Guys fan since Yay. 2012. So, uh, thanks to him, it's, uh, he sent us a nice letter and told us he enjoyed the show. That was a show. nice letter. It was a very nice letter. Yeah, I, I, and also I would encourage anybody who's listening to this and goes, you know, I really like this show. Let us know. We, we have no idea. We yeah. sometimes do this into a vacuum and you, we don't get a lot of <laughs> feedback, right? We we do appreciate the feedback, but it also is nice to know that Larry's out there. Well, definitely. <laughs> well, Larry listening. expressed uh, some difficulty in reaching us, so we need to remedy that, right? That's true. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Themovieguys.net. And go there, and you'll find everything. And at, oh, okay. at the movie guys at yes. Twitter. Yeah, profiles okay. of us. 
Mm-hmm. Well, I reviews, think that if Larry articles. needs to contact a movie guy in particular, if he's a big fan, just send that to Paul and have Paul forward it to us. I'm just saying, because I might be his favorite. I just need to know that information. Right. No okay. doubt you are. And so the next time you check in, let Karen know if you're Yes, on all yeah. future people Anybody, who check in. She's your favorite. Yeah. Please let me know who finds me more awesome, a little bit more awesome than Lee. Oh, all right. Let's see who uh, who is left to be taken, anyway. First <laughs> it was uh, Liam Neeson's <laughs> daughter, and then it was his mm-hmm. wife, and now his innocence. <gasps> oh, that's so Stop funny. having people Gosh. in your life, Liam. Karen, let's talk about it. Taken in. If I tell you Liam Neeson is back on the screen, you know that Liam Neeson is going to be a badass who will kill every last bad guy in a ballet of violence and machismo. (laughs) Unless the year is 2007 or earlier. Yes, Liam Neeson is back with his third entry in the series that changed him from Schindler's List to Schindler's Fist. Boom! You notice this list, huh? I'm always making lists. (laughs) Wow. That's awesome. If you've seen a Taken movie or even read the title of a Taken movie, then you know the drill. Someone gets taken and then Liam Neeson calls upon his particular set of skills to cut a bloody swath through villainy to get them back. The trailer begins as they all do, with everything just great for Brian Mills, who sleeps like a baby for a guy who's watched hundreds die at his hands. But then, someone gets a stain on the floor. I think that's blood. Someone gets blood on the floor. (laughs) His wife was murdered. That he spent an entire movie trying to save a wife who up and died anyway. Brian Mills is accused of a crime he didn't commit. What? Oh, that's the best. Wait, Liam Neeson is now the fugitive? What is it, still Christmas? I didn't even ask for that, but that's totally what I wanted. He escapes from the police because that's a skill and steals a gun because that's a skill. He uses a sniper rifle, so that's a skill, and also plastic explosives, so that's a skill. We're almost done mapping his skills. Kimball... I mean, Mills decides, like the audience, <laughs> that he's had enough with his takening, and he must protect his daughter and put an end to the criminal organization, all eluding the police. And you thought Benjamin Franklin got a lot done in a day. <laughs> Liam Neeson's career turn into action movies makes me smile. Sometimes I really want my Mel Gibson back. Mm. All the time I really want my Mel Gibson back. Yeah. But Liam Neeson has filled the role of aging, beloved action star. Except he completely skipped being a young action star. <laughs> I hope he throat punches a wolf like he did in The Gray. Paul, he didn't throat punch a wolf in that movie. Well, he should have. You think that by now Liam would have learned that it's best if he just walked around naked. And why is that? So that he couldn't have anything taken from him. Really, Karen, that is your solution, to have Liam Neeson walk around naked in his movies. Yes, Paul. Yes, it is. All right. That's uh, that's taken three. And Karen's signature... Take on from, from what I've heard, if, yes. if he were to do that, you'd need a long lens, as they say. Yes. <laughs> he would be able to rest while standing, from what that I is hear. Where the, that is where the phrase, bigger than Liam Neeson's cock, comes from. <laughs> oh, from Liam Neeson. Is he, Liam he's Neeson. notorious? Yeah. Yeah, he is yeah. notorious. Apparently. I don't know where it got started, but... How do you get that started about oh. yourself? <laughs> I don't know. Lee's working on it. Yeah, I'm totally working on that. <laughs> Wait, it's a new year. Bart's okay. working on it. Yeah. Oh. I heard Bart's got a big dick. Are you what? Bart now? Did you transition? Bart's got the big dick. <laughs> well, well, now you're going to... No, now you messed up. Now people think you're talking about someone else. Oh. You're going to say that you're now Bart in the oh, new year, and then well, you talk about yourself. Larry, Larry outed me in the letter, so I figured that was the, the moment that yeah. we should seize that moment. You can't he talk did. about yourself in the third person if you've got two different names and people don't know one of them. <laughs> and one of them's got a huge penis? <laughs> Or both of them? 
Well, I hear this Bart's got a big dick. Oh, who's well, that? Who's that? <laughs> I'd like to meet him. See, JP, Lee used to be yeah. Bart. Okay. Let's get you caught up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then yeah. went to Lee, because I don't know, he was trying to shed your Midwestern well, I'm roots, trying to, I, Am I supposed to come up with a new name no, for the myself opposite. with a big dick? And <laughs> is that the game? Ranch Durkin. Have, you don't need to come up with a big dick. We all have doppelganger characters with big dicks. <laughs> yes. I honestly think Even he does I it. do. Doesn't he do it for every Taken movie? Like, really, you could probably paste your name changes out to the first Taken movie, <laughs> and now that they've completed the cycle, you're going back. I'm going back, yeah. <laughs> And for the longest time, he was Bart, and then he changed it to Lee, and then I called him Bart Lee shit for yeah. a long time, because I couldn't get it right. Bart and then Bart Lee, Thomas Bart Anderson, Lee. Philip Hoffman, yeah. Seymour. Yeah. Yeah. Michael Thomas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can make that mistake. Well, again. that's a big announcement. <laughs> all right, so do we have to call him Bart for the rest of the yes, show? Yes, I'm, I'm, I'm going to screw now? that up all what? year long. <laughs> yeah, I can, now, get, I can now, tell you right now. You know, it's interesting because I uh, I kind of thought it would just get easier and easier and easier to be Lee, but yeah. it's gotten harder and harder and harder yeah. for both me and the people around me. So, but everyone's just gotten used to it. And if you were named Bart and you're a comedian, all right, and Bart. your middle name's Lee, right? What would you go with? You're a comedian. Oh, that's my notes. Like Bart, right? Yeah. Or See, Bartley. I kind of like Bartley. Bartley. Karen's le- leaving you cue cards now. I got it. I Bart- got it. Bartley is your name if you're a hobbit. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I thought Gary or was my name if I was a Or a butler, maybe. Oh, <laughs> Bartley. Bartley. You know what? Bartley also sounds like that Christmas card that was going around of the little doggy who would turn on the lights on the trees and the horses would come up. That was Barkley. Oh. <laughs> Wait, let, let me play this for you real quick. <laughs> rough, rough, rough. This is, a, this is what they played. <laughs> plays dog Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I had let, that. Let me play some point. <laughs> like that was all planned. I wish I had this serious <laughs> radio. <laughs> everything at your fingertips type of music in the library, but I don't. But this is what Someday. they played during Christmas. On the twelfth day of Christmas, my true love gave to me. This is gonna end bad for you. Don't be such a pessimist. <laughs> Actual taking commercial. Oh wow. Oh, wow. That's fucking awesome. You know That's great. You for obstructing an ongoing investigation. Good luck. It's <laughs> like something wonderful. It's like something we would write. That's yeah. amazing. That's a trailer that's really a fan of the movie. That's wow. great. Yeah. They've got a sense of humor about their own franchise right Thank now. God. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I mean yeah. they also do the transporter and you know some of these yeah. Legal, yeah. little more ridiculous things. Lucy and what from Paris with Love, yeah. the Luc Besson, yeah. of Robert Mark Kamen and Luc Besson yeah. collaboration. Like in every one of those movies you just named, there's a moment where somebody sticks an adrenaline shot in the heart and like has <laughs> bring themselves back to life. But I'll tell you yeah. something about these movies: they're violent, but they're not bloody, and I like oh, that. Oh, yeah. I don't know. I don't know what. Okay. Maybe I'm old. I don't know. But it's like there's a lot of like the neck breaks. Yeah, but you don't need to see a guy's eye. He's not squishing a guy's eyes out of his head, which a movie I think that had less. Would do, and I think we got nothing. Here's this. Yeah, yeah, and probably Taken is the more dark end of it because Transporter and st- some of those other movies have a lot of fun with it and stuff. But even still, it's like these movies do have fun. They they know where, mm-hmm. uh, you know, they're they're, they're, they're Columbia, fun little yarns. Three days to three days to yeah. kill. They're all fun. Columbia is great. Yeah. This this is one of those franchises or the type of movie that I particularly like because I've gotten to the point in my life where I really don't want a lot of drama in my movies. That's why I like Jack Reacher because yeah. he starts kicking ass at the beginning and then kicks ass the entire two hours and then there's no chance he's not going to kick ass, so yeah, he's never that. in danger. This is Liam, right? He, there's no chance that they're ever going to get over on Liam at any point. 
So you get to root for yeah. him the for people two hours. around him that yeah. are fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're just yeah. And you get to root for two hours and have a good time. You know who's gonna win, you don't have to worry I about it. Adore when bad guys do not know who they're messing with. And they mess with the wrong guy, <laughs> and he spends the rest of the movie making him regret it. He told them at the very beginning right. that they didn't know who they were messing with. Uh-huh, yeah. uh-huh. And it's he so, did. It's so irritating when they just well, don't take that seriously. No, yeah, it's a lot of hubris. It's so irritating. <laughs> You're right. That's it's. I've said this before, but it's that scene in uh, Born Supremacy where Jason Bourne is managing the reporter through the crowd, mm-hmm. and there's that moment where they turn the corner and like. Four guys descend on him, and Jason Bourne beats him up in like two seconds. And then the reporter continues not to listen to Jason Bourne. (laughs) That he might not know the best thing to do here. This goes back to Quincy. I think we've all discussed this. Every week, Quincy saves someone's life and is amazing. Every week after that, I don't know if we should let Quincy in here. Yeah. I don't think he can yeah, do it. Yeah. Well, Get he has a check power out of my office. <laughs> yeah. He's hey, a what reckless, have you ever done? He's a reckless guy who saved the world four times. <laughs> All right. That's enough out of you, John McClane. <laughs> a couple things we should note about this film. There is a Doug Ray Scott sighting. Ooh. Doug Ray Scott, stop the suicide watch. Yes. <laughs> if, uh, if For those of you who don't know, Doug Ray Scott, originally cast as Wolverine, had a conflict with oh, Mission Impossible 2. It went really? to... Uh, Went to Hugh Jackman. Wow. So we haven't seen Doug Ray Scott much. Oh, but yeah. he does have three names. Yes. Doug yes. No, Ray he's, he's, Scott. he's another... Uh, oh, it's Doug. Yeah, he's not like a, a, a guy who tried to kill a president from the South. He's a British actor. <laughs> so it's one name, Doug not Ray. Not like that assassin Philip right. Seymour Doug Ray Bill, would be like... Yeah. <laughs> Bill Bob Ray. Bill Ray. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But, well, um, that's good. So he's, he's back. Good for Doug Ray. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, I wish him the best. And he, he was a great Miami Vice villain in Mission Impossible 2. I yeah, felt like mm-hmm. they had just put a Miami Vice villain in the middle of that movie, which is one of the things I enjoy about it. That and uh, Tom Cruise only kicks ass when he's dressed all in black, like a superhero. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. That's, that's good. That's it. a couple good things in that movie. Other than that, it is fucking amazingly ridiculous. Like I <laughs> yeah. just watched it again recently. If you want a good laugh, watch Mission Impossible Two. You've never seen anything so ridiculous take itself so seriously. It's really <laughs> wonderful. That's I love- not the the J.J. Abrams one, right? No, that's the John Woo one. Remember that director? Right. <laughs> that's where two gold guns and uh, doves fly every, yeah. in every movie. Yeah. It's right? so yeah. funny. It's like it's it's so well. Now I appreciate this actually because I hate when people are too aware of their cliches and they stop doing that. They they like uh, you know like right. uh, 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 M Night Shyamalan. Well then, I won't have a twist in this one. Right. Like, you jerk. <laughs> yeah. What is your problem? But anyway, but uh, so I love that John Woo's just like okay, I'm doing uh, I'm doing Mission Impossible two, a complete franchise with an established pattern. Okay, we're gonna need uh, slow mo. We're gonna need gl- doves. We're gonna need people <laughs> yeah. holding two guns. And I mean, just, yeah. You're just like. I do not, yeah, I know. That's and then what they John jousted, does. They jousted on motorcycles. Oh, they jousted oh, on motorcycles. Great. That is awesome. That's that's wonderful. I can watch that right and now. And then when J.J. Abrams one came along, he, he it seemed like they were explaining all the technology. Because in John Woo's, it's like, we make masks oh, and we yeah, pull our faces off. Yeah. But then the J.J. Abrams, okay, hang on. We're going to show you the machine that prints out these masks that you can wear. Yeah, it's very J.J. Abrams, that, that You said we pull our faces precise. off. Did, did he do Face Off also? Oh, that's Was that true. John Woo too? Ah! He did. So he jumped right on that. I never thought yeah. of that. He's also I don't know which one he did first. Guy. Yeah, he probably did Mission Impossible 2 first and said, I, this is great, I need a whole movie of this. <laughs> That's probably how he got the job, right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to face this off. And then uh, also, remember when this was called Taken, but the E was a 3? Yeah. Yeah, they tried to do some marketing that? with that. Well, here's what it sounded this like. This one I stand behind. Take 3. <laughs> that doesn't sound right. Yeah. Take 3, then. <laughs> you can't just go Taken 3. Take 2. Uh, shit. <laughs> so these are their original ads, the teasers, right? And that yeah, was yeah, they were trying the to. Thank God they you? got that Christmas ad going because that's <laughs> way better. That's the direction they went. <laughs> oh, this is why you test. This is yeah. why you go into testing. 
<laughs> so the the take of that recording that yeah. they didn't use where he got frustrated was like, ah, shit. <laughs> yeah. That still was aired somewhere and you got it. Yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah. Come, I come across it. Go you to the internet. It. It's all on the internet. <laughs> you know, whenever Sony was hacked, that was also released. Oh, I see. Other yeah, yeah, studios yeah. were able right. to get stuff. I, I have a bit of an obsession with oh, name, yeah. uh, dog names. So I'm going to run this by Karen. Yeah, I love it. Doug Ray Scott. That's a great name. For a dog, oh, right? yeah. Doug Ray. I think I want to get a dog <laughs> named Doug Ray. It's either Doug Ray, Keanu, or Yafet Koto. Keanu That's my is three great. options for when I get a dog. I might even. Well, no, Paul Yafet and I. Kitty. Yafet Kitty. Oh, you're he right. Has, that could he be has a cat. cat name. You know, um, Paul Yafet and I. Paul and I were just talking about this because I'm always wanting to have like a herd of dogs, and uh, I want to get three like it dogs. Seems like old times. I don't know. What oh my it? God! You got to see Seamless all the well, time. Let me Hold get on. that. Write, write that, that down. down right now. <laughs> my mother would be so disappointed I'm in you, and I know she's watching because she watches all these. <laughs> okay. Seems like old times. It's on Netflix right now. Oh, Good God, I love Karen! It. <laughs> Do not. After the show is over, get in that living room I might watch and it. watch you some Goldie Hawn and Chevy Chase with a bunch of dogs. And I would like to say, bunch of dogs. if uh, Adam's <laughs> mom is Adam. watching, just go to the contact us page on themovieguys.net. There's a donate button. Anyway, what's I going to say is that Paul and I, I really want this to happen, and I'll feel like a success in life if we can get three dogs, weird guys, all different size, like little weird guys. And I want to make them name them after the three amigos. Oh, sure. Ah. Ned. Ned, Dusty, Dusty. and uh, this is not Lucky. 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 Oh, great name for Well, that'd be cute. Oh, uh-huh. I want to do that. All right, so I just had to do that. It's no Yafet Kitty. Well, we got to get on to the <laughs> okay, move on. We got to so get on to the three. But before we do, real quick, round the table, round the table, uh, I want to do this for. Uh, his name in Midnight Run? He's, he's a. Uh, Sergeant. Or, Sergeant. I'm Mosley. Mosley. Agent Mosley. Agent Mosley. You guys all oh, call yeah. Agent Mosley? <laughs> I'm Mosley. Who's that? Who's, oh, is this your dog? Yeah, what's his name? Agent Mosley. <laughs> <laughs> oh, also in Seems Like Old Times yes. is uh, Chuck Charles, Groden. Charles Groden. Yeah. Oh, oh I like yeah, that. yeah. Right, I made a note. There you we were go. saying that is a great movie. That that and Foul Play are a little yeah. gold. Oh, yeah. Going around the table to do what? To who? You oh, were saying? so uh, it's a little something we call <laughs> Why January? Oh, okay. Oh. Taken. You came out in March. Taken two. You came out in October. Why is Taken three in January? Ooh. Just round table that thought for a second. Oh, well. I've got a theory. Yeah. Anybody else have a theory? I yeah, don't want to over, over Oscar anybody. contender. That's where you put out all the Oscars. <laughs> yeah, that's good theory. That's Oscar a good theory. Contender. Uh, I mean, this is such a brand at this point. It's like, it, the, like people must be so. I, I may imagine the studios every year. They're like, what are, we, what are we releasing January? So you go solid genre. You know, you're like a scary movie. You know, that pokes through that whole January like no, no, nothing but Oscar films still in right. But this one, it's like it's kind of a no-brainer because it's always been released a little early in the year, winter. They know it's performed in March and February. And so, like, they're stuck for, like, what do we program this week in January when virtually nobody's going to the theaters and it's where you dump your crappy hoodwinked too. Hoodwinked also. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, I think that's what you go. You know what? Well, if they're going to go see it in March and February, then we can, we can cover up a slot in January and actually make a little money. So with that, you've avoided entirely whether it's a sign of low confidence or not. Oh. You're just like my, franchise. No, my uh, saves January. My theory yeah. is that there's that for movies like this, 
um, the thea- theatrical release is just a marketing because they're going to make all their money on DVD anyway in supplementary markets. So it just has to be in the theaters as a cheap way of promoting the movie. It's probably and this is probably the be- cheapest way to promote a movie is in January because they really want to make the money on DVD. Yeah, it'll be here for the summer yeah. so you can watch it in your house on DVD. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And it's, the- it's got to be in a theater for some period of time so you can get Liam Neeson to go around and do talk shows yeah. and things like promoting a movie in theaters. Is mm-hmm. a and you also save on, there's, there's actually ancillary costs to putting it in the theater first that you save on instead of releasing it straight to DVD. So they save some money. So as long as the the marketing for the movie is is minimal enough, and I'm guessing airtime in January and theater time in January is a lot cheaper, True. Mm-hmm. it's probably a very affordable way to market the movie for supplemental sales. I was just going to say that... Say something funny, Karen. That was amazingly um, boring. Well, I <laughs> yeah, actually, That was actually informative. <laughs> yeah. I thought that oh, maybe... <laughs> Are you okay? <laughs> take a knee. <laughs> I'm just thinking, because I come from Buffalo, New York... That I would want to see Liam Neeson in the winter to make me hot. Mm, Liam Neeson. <laughs> okay. Well, that movie guy's preview of Taken 3 <laughs> was brought to Hulk you by uh, by Larry B. Oh. oh that's Larry B. There he is. Hey, hey, Larry. Larry. That whole section was brought to us by him. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. All yeah. of that discussion, he, whether he liked it or not. <laughs> now, if you would like to sponsor a movie guy's preview, you can donate to the show. Like I said, go to that's contact us page at themovieguys.net, and you'll see a donate button. It's like putting a plaque on a, on a, plaque yeah. on a bench in the park. You, I adopted this part of the freeway. Yeah. 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 yeah and somebody's like, hey, I want to... Adopt it, yeah. The, what movie? Pick it. Go look through the schedule, see what movies are coming up, and pick your movie and sponsor it. Yeah, yeah. We'll Ooh. say your name on the air. How we'll exciting say, is that? We'll say your name. Your favorite movie guy will say your name, and you can write. <laughs> you can write one joke that we will Me. include in the preview, and that joke will be brought to oh. everyone. What? But no, not, yeah, that no. way they can write the material. <laughs> well, we'll do a whole no, one joke. <laughs> yeah. Just pick your game show music, and uh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Am I giving away the farm? Seriously, here? the layers are here. Just tell me what Bill Murray movie you want me to talk about. There you go. I like Adam's theory where it's like we start a joke. You want to hear how it ends? Hit the donate button. <laughs> <laughs> so for everybody out there, knock oh, knock. Let's hold a joke hostage. Oh, oh, that'd be awesome. We ran out of funding. Sorry, we can't Sorry. finish the joke. We need completion funds so for the joke. So we can have like a walk into a bar. So we can have Liam Neeson. Jack Reacher. Liam Neeson's cock walks into a bar. Walks into a bar. <laughs> Meets John Ham's cock. <laughs> Harold Faltermeyer and uh, <laughs> Milton Berle's ball. And uh, Jan oh. Hammer are jealous. <laughs> All right, but actually, you know, with each taken film, Brian Mills saves a day with the help of a particular set of skills. Mm. All right, this leads me to, this is a, uh, leading to another sponsor we have. Oh, good. Uh, good. Th- led me to wonder where I could get a particular set of skills, and I think I found an answer. Listen to this. Hello, I'm Brian Mills, and if it weren't for my particular set of skills, I'd be lost while doing basic plumbing, setting up a home entertainment system, or decimating the mob that kidnapped my daughter to sell into sex slavery. And now you too can get your own particular set of skills with Brian Mills' particular set of skills, vocational school, and learning annex. I used to think my chances of a real professional career were slim without a high school diploma. Then I learned about the Brian Mills Particular Set of Skills Vocational School and Learning Annex. And in just a few short months, I was working as an executive assistant and had also acquired the skills necessary to kill the guy who was blackmailing me. And that's just one student out of hundreds, <laughs> all getting the education necessary to protect their families and repair their air conditioners. At the Brian Mills Particular Set of Skills Vocational <laughs> School and Learning Annex, I learned how to make quinoa and balance a restaurant budget. 
Now I'm a fully prepared. Uh, now I'm fully prepared for my new career uh, in the exciting world of catering. I was also able to defend myself while being robbed at gunpoint during the nightly bank deposit. I even found out who ran the gang and took out the entire criminal network. <laughs> Thanks, Brian Mills. Yes, even catering and restaurant management. If you act now, I'll even throw in my Aunt Ruth's sausage recipe, and you will eat it, and that'll be the end of it. But what the school offers students doesn't end there. Listen to this. It was okay. Their dog grooming class was a bit of a joke. The teachers seemed like they had a substitute in at the last second. He didn't know anything about dogs. I even gave the school a second chance and took a class on how to strip and clean an AR-15 assault rifle and noticed some basic safety violations that even I knew about. One star. I'd get it, give it a zero if I could. Hello? I don't know who you are. I don't know what you want. But if you leave a positive Yelp review for the Brian Mills School, that'll be the end of it. But if you don't, I will find you. And I will kill you. So come on down to the only trade school that will not only give you the career of your dreams, but also make you the most menacing figure at your next class reunion. <laughs> That's our sponsor. That's we clap, we clap now, right? School of we clap now. Okay. We, can, we can applaud our effort there. You're the audience, JP. Yeah, seriously. Is it clap worthy? You can lead all <laughs> clap. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. I think Larry and I would agree. That was fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> if we clap at our own jokes, as we do every week, that would seem weird and selfish <laughs> yeah, and uh, self congratulatory. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Laughing is healthy. Oh. Let's get on to our next film here, Adam. All right, go for oh, it. Oh, good. At long last, Hollywood finally releases a movie about that moment in history when all eyes were focused on Selma Diamond. Let's play a clip. There are 70 million people watching. <laughs> I laughed, I cried, it became a part of me. <laughs> okay, no, 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 Adam. Our, our, our final uh, new film of the January 9th weekend is Selma, about when all eyes were focused on the racial equality marches in Selma, Alabama. And it's also the latest film, helping us learn how to pronounce the name David Oyelowo. Ooh. Right, everyone give it a shot. Oyelowo. 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 Wait, 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 wait. Okay, this, this might help. Oyelowo. 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 I think you got it. All right, so let's, Adam. The show has gotten better. Already. By George, I think I got. Let's it. talk got about it. Selma. George Wallace. W e l o v e. One o eight. latest release to make voters feel guilty about naming Boyhood the Best Picture at this year's Academy Awards. This movie tells a story. This movie. No, this movie tells. This movie tells the story of an economically impoverished Black America treated like second-class citizens by an entrenched white power structure, deaf to their pleas for equality of opportunity and an end to the violence against them. They take to the streets in a protest that is broadcast nationwide. I just don't know how they rushed a movie about Ferguson to theater so quickly. David Oyelowo plays legendary <laughs> civil rights leader Martin Luther King, who is pushed to protest when President Lyndon Johnson... Not gonna do it. 
Oh, that's... Sorry, we couldn't find an impersonation of Johnson. <laughs> well, we don't have one, too, but we actually do have the real thing. Now, another oh. thing that crotch down where your nuts hang <laughs> is always a little too tight. He's talking so about the brain. Up, give me an inch that I can is let this out Lyndon there. Johnson talking about having yeah, a brain? because they yeah. cut me. It's just like riding a, a wire fence. These are almost these are the best that I've had anywhere in the United States. So, He's ordering me, pants. Uh, you never do have much margin there. But see if you can't leave me about it. An age from the, where the zipper ends. Uh, you know who else hung a brain? Under my, JFK. my bung hole. <laughs> oh. 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 That took a moment. Larry, that was JP. Oh, no. That wasn't us. I just want you Anyways, to know. LBJ. Uh, that's LBJ. Uh, MLK becomes a nuisance when Johnson refuses to sign the Civil Rights Act because the Congress and Senate are run by racists. Wait a minute. What year does this take place? Mm-hmm. Now, it's not in the trailer, but I do want to show off some personal knowledge about this story. Uh, just so you know, you know, I may be white, but I understand black history. So the story that we're talking about here, of course, mostly focuses on the civil rights figure Selma, you know, which the movie is named for. Selma was a major civil rights figure, and this is really her story, you know, Selma's story. Right. She was, uh, you know, she was like, um, you know, like that, um, like that uh, uh, back of the bus woman, you know, right? Like her. Though a historical <laughs> retrospective, oh apparently there's a song in the film by John Legend and Common. Oh. You look closely, you can also see some modern-day costuming, as most of Selma's protesters are wearing hoodies. There's a controversy with this film and how it portrays LBJ. Um, what I hope they don't do is portray LBJ as some sort of white president from the South in the 60s at the crossroads of American history, because that would just be awkward, you know? Yeah, but what no one's talking about, though, is the obvious plot fabrications in this film, like that we had a Democratic president from Texas. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, yeah, Lowe was born in Oxford, England. Tom Wilkinson was born in Leeds, West Yorkshire. England. Coretta Scott King is played by Carmen Iogo, born in Kensington, London, England. And the fiery George Wallace is played by Tim Roth, born in London, England. Forget the Civil Rights Act. It looks like we're we've dissolved the Declaration of Independence. No, sing Oh, too soon. It looks like too soon. It looks like it'll be fun watching Oyelowo and Tom Wilkinson square off, and I imagine that draws folks into the movie. But don't worry about getting too lost in it as Oprah shows up to draw you out. <laughs> and you get a beating, and you get a beating, and you get a beating. Well, that's not right. <laughs> the tagline of the film's poster is, One dream can change the world. Thank God it was Martin Luther King's dream and not the one that I had about the Mexican hooker doing blow off of my balls in the teacup at Disneyland. <laughs> The film, the film is tracking 100%, 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. But with the slow release, we're still waiting to hear from the Jackson, Mississippi Aryan Times to weigh in. The movie is perfectly timed, not only for awards, but because of our recent national conversation on race, it'll be good for black and white alike to take, the message of, take in the message of this movie. The only thing that might impact the box office is all those people still waiting to vote in the line in Florida. Mm. The Motion Picture Academy rep declared his intent to vote for Boyhood anyway, saying in a press release... We gave Best Picture to 12 Years a Slave. What more do you people want? There you go. <laughs> I do think it's pretty remarkable that all these uh, Brits are in this movie about that the American is. civil rights. Yeah. And the other thing I noticed that. is that David Oyelowo is in this, uh, and he was also in The Butler, where he played uh, a pivotal character in that movement uh, of the times. Mm. 
Yes. That was yeah. just an observation. I saw the There's bo- no joke no, at the no, end. No, no, I, right. I saw the production company as well. Yes, yeah, I no. saw the butler. Well, you uh, and I and saw it at the uh, thingy. So you saw, the, that's right, the Q&A after and that. And I wanted to ask him the question of, of as a as a Londoner, as a British actor, mm. portraying the struggle of a black man here in America. I mean, how do you, if I were a black actor, wouldn't I be pissed? Yes. Right? It's like hiring a Korean to play the Indian guy. It, wouldn't the Koreans get upset about that? I mean, isn't there always like an outrage from the community? Wait, that's like, Wait, why don't you cast some real no. Eskimos? There's, there's, there's two <laughs> things at play, though. One is is the good actors only come from the United Kingdom. That's a, a, an assumption. <laughs> that's just like, true. That's yeah, if we right. want really good actors it's not in this racist, movie, they gotta be Brits. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then it's a period piece, and only British people existed. <laughs> right. Back then? Before 2014. The other thing, right. I, will, the other thing I will say to, 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 to stop some letters from coming in on this. Larry? Uh, Larry, don't write. <laughs> no, no, the other thing I'll say is, uh, um, just because they didn't have slavery doesn't mean white people didn't like black people at some point in Britain's history. I mean, that's, you know, there's got to be oh, racism yeah. there because there's racism everywhere. Well, I'm just saying that the American Civil Rights Movement is such a unique thing and is unique to this country. Yeah. So I just found it ironic that not only was he a, a character in the movie The Butler, but, that, right. but this whole cast we, we, is the British. Whole, the plantation culture. Yeah. Like, you know, when you're watching Downton Abbey, you don't see a lot of um, black people living Yeah, guys from Detroit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, but were you moved at all, though, when he began to talk about the civil rights in the 60s and everything in that era because, you know, he, he in the butler, they recreated the whole, a, a few sit-ins and things like yeah. that for civil rights. And he was moved to cry. He was, he was very emotional, I thought. And I was pretty impressed by that. And I'm not yeah, surprised I, he took on this role next. I didn't know what to make of that in that Q&A because he did get moved to tears and he was referring to, I couldn't tell, and I don't want to sound as though I'm accusing him of being disingenuous, but I couldn't tell if he was reacting to the emotion of having to recreate that scene. And so that scene, no matter who would recreate it, is going to be a very emotional scene. Or is he reacting to the emotion of the reality behind that scene? Oh, I think that, I think both. I mean, there's a, just a human condition there that you yeah. can get behind if you think about it. And if you delve into it the way he apparently did. He, he's great in this movie. We saw, I saw it. Wait, you know, Karen and I did not see you know, I I, My favorite David Oyelowo movie is Jack, Jack Reacher. Reacher. Yeah. Is, he in, <laughs> is he really in Jack Reacher? Yeah, he's in Jack Reacher. He yeah, yeah. Yeah. He's a rise of the planet of the apes. He's been like a secondary guy for a long time. But he's a black guy in that. He's great in this. This whole movie is, is real sharp and solid. Yeah. And it's going to be making a late run for... Do, do you have a screener for it? Because I screeners do, went I, out late. Don't think I have Selma. Yeah, I, I got a lot of them. Yeah, I don't think, but we I don't have, think Selma I have Selma. Either. It's pulling a Wolf of Wall Street coming up very, 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 very late, mm. and it, it's losing right. some pre-Oscar award nominations. It didn't get a PGA nomination, and they give out ten nominees. Nightcrawler swept in there and got a PGA huh. nomination for the Producers Guild. So I don't know why they're. they're I, I mean, really thought Professional Golf Administration. The PGA, yes. Always I think, think of that, Karen. The, what, what did you think of they the weigh in. direction? They're allowed to weigh like, in. All could, the could this sneak in for like a DGA nomination? <laughs> yeah, and uh, she'll be nominated. Ava Duvernay, Duvernay I think her name is. Uh, I think she'll. I think she will. Yeah, it's solid. I mean, it's real. It's real sharp. Recreation of place and time is immaculate. You know, the performances are great. Um, I tear it's up. All handled real well. I, it, I'm a sucker for any time there's an underdog and people come together that normally wouldn't be on the same team. I tear up whenever I see white people finding their way to Selma just because they know it's wrong and they're going to march hand in hand and you see like nurses and housewives and fuck that gets me every time mm-hmm. that kind of stuff gets me yeah it's, it's it's not it's not heavy-handed and it's not 
Um, and nuns and stuff. Oh, yeah. It's me. not super Hollywood in its depiction well, of things. Is it super it's, long? No. Great. Good. No. That's good. Even better. They're full of good actors. Yeah, people think because it's about history, it needs to be long to justify <laughs> right. being yeah. about yeah. history. Yeah. Yeah. Well, here's Don't another movie. that for inherent vice. That yeah, wisely right. chose an interesting moment in Martin Luther King Jr.'s life instead of here's the Martin Luther King right. biopic, which right. will miss a lot of things. You sure. know, This is just Selma. Cool. Yeah, I don't want to see him as a baby. I want to see him when he did all the good things he did. You know, they always go back to they're a baby in these biopics, right? Here's Nixon as a baby. I do not care about Nixon as a baby. Get to the point <laughs> where I know ga, ga, goo, goo. Nixon, Nixon babies would be a very Nixon cool Nixon babies. Hey, I don't want to be a spoiler, but here's how uh, Selma ends. I like to teach the world. So it all works out. Yeah. It all works out. I'm surprised they didn't make that as part of the trailer at Christmas time. So it's like so, one right. one nun pulls out a coke and that I whole that thing. that song. So, so now, song. as a as a liberal, was everything even going back to the night court joke completely disrespectful and terrible? <laughs> I just feel like when you got a movie like no. this, you're like, I, I, I understand I, where you're coming from, but I think we mainly ripped. Uh, modern day racists. Yeah, I think, we and they got to come. Well, the reason we did the night court dr- drop is I we couldn't. That. I couldn't find any Patty and Selma Simpson yeah, drops, so that was the only uh, other Selma out there. Yeah, that's why yeah. I said or with Selma the, Hayek. So, yeah, we're doing a lot of these jokes funny. in the shadow of the recent repeal of a lot of the civil liberties. I that, know. I mean, exactly what they fought for. Is, yeah, is, uh, so, denied by the Supreme Court. Yeah, yeah if we're if we're do it, getting a little pissed well, and, at these jokes? We have a right to. And no, and obviously we made the joke. This is incredibly relevant. I mean, there yeah. are yeah. there yeah. are protests super, in the street right now for super, the yeah. exact same thing. <laughs> yeah. And then only people on 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 news going, uh, you know, denying that there's a problem or whatever. It's like, no, 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 no. This happened precisely in ex- almost exactly the same way. Yeah, that's crazy. All right, enough of this nonsense. Thanks, we got to get onto some entirely different Somebody nonsense. Somebody tried to blow to blow up a. Uh, was it the NAACP building today? Oh, Jesus. Was it today? Really? Or was it, or I've got a totally wrong I know acronym. cartoonists or, uh, got killed. Yeah, I heard about that. No, it was yesterday. Different. Yesterday somebody put a bomb outside of, uh, in Colorado. What's wrong with everybody? Yeah, there's just, and it's being buried. It's a story that's like not getting They put a bomb just outside of Colorado? <laughs> outside of Colorado. No, I want to say it's the NAACP building in that's Colorado. That, like, uh, and it, it didn't detonate, but it was ready to. Wow. There's no joke at the end of this either, but no, it, no, just, just adding to like how topical. I'm sure. I'm, I'm sure Larry's glad he didn't sponsor this portion of the show. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like, screw, Money well spent, Larry. <laughs> Every time I hear something like that, something very obviously, uh, I wonder how is Fox News going to spin that as a good thing? Because they always find this dickhead angle on this thing. It's like, well, Obama's was left out the NAACP. Yeah. It is everybody's right to do that or whatever. You know. <laughs> no, it's, and they were saying the, the difference is that uh, you paint that as one uh, deranged individual Absolutely. in that case. Much like and the Muslims. Just, if there's, there's a deranged, then it's all of the one out there. Are, yeah, exactly. That's the difference. Shooting up France. But but I, and the, the, the most, okay, we'll get off this in one second. The most super racist thing that happened was when that the person killed those two cops in New York. That was every black person's fault all of a sudden. That yeah. was just mm-hmm. the most ridiculous racist thing that happened uh-huh. to me after that. It's like. This is yeah. everybody's fault for stoking things up. How dare you stoke things up? Right. That, that's why he shot his girlfriend first. <laughs> oh, that's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah exactly. I mean, before anything came out, it's just ridiculous. Like, well, hmm, what's the dickhead angle on this? Sometimes girlfriends can be of different ethnicities, and that can piss you off. I, yeah, can't have it. Will you quit was, being white, was, Karen? I know. What? <laughs> we need to get on to JP. Quick, yes. move on! Who, me? <laughs> trying to get on to JP. And I'm still trying to do a little quick internet search to make sure I know what I'm talking about here. JP, what is your favorite movie of all time? Of all time. That's such a hard question. 
you you fall in love with movies for stretches of time, and then you want to come back and visit them much later. I, know. I feel like, like I haven't I seen Princess one. Bride in forever, and there was a time when I watched it all the time, and I'm so ready to see. I it definitely. Again. Uh, it, it would. It has to be a movie that I like. Fell in love with when I was a teenager, and uh, so like the. F- I remember the first Mad Max. I just thought was so great. Like the so, first one. Yeah, and I'm so giddy for uh, for the the Mad Max Four that's going to come out that's gonna uh, be this great. coming summer yeah. with Charlize Theron and uh, with Tom Hardy. Tom Hardy. It's, it looks it's such insane great casting. and terrific. Uh, I like that a lot, but I, I think uh, the one that brings me the most joy every time I either stumble across it or actively choose to watch it is Raising Arizona. Oh yeah! Oh, yeah. You can always watch it, right? I feel like every line of dialogue, every camera angle, every the music, like every part of that movie is hilarious and is so just perfectly conceived to to have the comedy be more than the sum of its parts. Mm. Um, you know, it was the first time maybe in those Coen Brother movies that where somebody like got hit and went across a floor that was like endless. You know, like the nursery yeah. in Raising mm-hmm. Arizona is like. Uh, you know, her bedroom in um, Miller's Crossing or something where like it's just guys just falling forever or crawling forever and, and uh, that uh, Barry Sonnenfeld like camera aesthetic. Oh, it's, like It's crazy. It's, it's so, so funny and so smart and in its stupidity and there are no uh, contractions maybe in any of their screenplays <laughs> but like nobody speaks in contractions which is <laughs> just awkward and perfect and... Certainly not in True Grit. I, <laughs> I mean that one stood out I think yeah. True Grit they... But it like, sounded dumb, and I I can't see a balloon without saying you know like do these balloons come in funny shapes? <laughs> if round is funny, <laughs> what is the thing about what was he wearing when he disappeared? Jammies, jammies, jammies. I don't know. <laughs> Nobody sleeps Nobody naked, naked in the south, son. My name ain't Nathan Arizona. And Nathan Arizona. Yeah. Was, you knew who he was. To talk about that writing, uh, JP, is there, the the moment I fell in love with that movie was the the narrative that that HI is given, and he says uh, hard to, hard to make your way or something with that some bitch Reagan in the White House, <laughs> and then he says this. I don't know. They say he's a good man. Maybe his advisors are confused. <laughs> and to me, that that suggests such a level yeah. of deep thinking yeah. to analyze the situation to go yeah. one step that you wouldn't expect from this person yeah. to mm-hmm. think about things that deeply. That's when I, that and, movie and, yeah, had me. poetically too. Mm-hmm. I mean, her her insides were a place oh, where rocky place, place, where my seat could find no purchase. purchase. <laughs> like, and when there was no crawdads to be eaten, we ate sand. You, you ate what? sand. We ate sand. You ate sand. <laughs> we ate sand. <laughs> <laughs> Such a pace to that movie. That movie's poetry. Oh, but I mean, to come off Blood Simple and to go into oh, Miller's, yeah. to go into Miller's Crossing, it's, these guys nail tone yeah. every time. It's Dude. the equivalent of Fargo to Big Lebowski. Yeah. 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 <laughs> now Miller's Crossing is one I just, I, I enjoy watching it, but yeah. I just don't get it. And and Gabriel Byrne's character frustrates frustrates me to no end because I don't understand and his. He doesn't understand. I've I've read interviews with him where he's he asked them like you know what's the deal with the hat like. The hat is... Or why does this guy have any influence? Because all he does is get beat up by everybody. <laughs> he walks in and people right. start pummeling him. How much of his uh, behavior is a plan? At what point yeah. does he finally oh. decide to do what he does? Like, uh, But I just in that interview, the, the Coen brothers apparently wouldn't tell him. He was. Oh. Oh they would God. just say, like, the hat is very significant. <laughs> and that was, like, all he got as far as, like, direction for the entire That's movie. interesting he yeah. had that same feeling I did because yeah. I was watching the movie going, what? Is, I don't know. Oh, even, your... like, uh, uh, oh, what was the one that just came out a year ago, uh, Inside the uh, Lewin, Lewin Davis? Davis like, yeah. they are, 
there's such studies of uh, genre and tone and like that that entire movie looks and feels like the impression you get when you look at a faded folk album cover yeah. that like the whole thing is sort of green and gray and I, I can picture you know my parents uh, uh, Peter Paul and Mary album or whatever that we would put in the big piece of furniture that had speakers in the front um, <gasps> I remember that. They lift the top and still, get the record in and stuff it's still in their house yeah that was a good piece of furniture to put the corner of your tent on your sheet tent when you're making <laughs> yeah. it in the living room build a fort yeah because yeah, sure. that was nice and long and it was higher than like oh, the couch oh and you could lift up the thing for the yeah. record and then you could drop yeah. it on the sheet right to hold it in place. Yeah. That is good. I think I've explained this to you recently. That is now a table, and on top of it is a CD player. In my house. And our old floor model TV Wonderful. now has a newer TV on top of it. Oh, they just become furniture. Yeah. They just yeah. put other stuff <laughs> yeah. on it. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, we all love the Coen brothers, and when I first saw Raising Arizona, I was like, this is incredible. Well, they have an amazing perfection streak, too. I mean, they just nail yeah. it in a different type of movie every time, in a different era, in a different type yeah. of photography, and they constantly change. They constantly make a different type of movie that's yet kind of the same. It's yeah. kind of Coen. They're all kind of Coen I brothers. I was unfortunate There's enough like them. to, like, when I finally was able to get an audition for Coen Brothers movie, mm. I, got, I got to audition for three of their projects. It was <gasps> probably their worst little streak they've ever had or the most forgettable so it uh, was uh something man the, bla the black and white one with billy bob the man man who oh, wasn't that, there that's a great movie though is it a great it movie? is a great but movie it, but it one that great. no one if you go like name your three favorite coen brothers movies yeah. no one's gonna start with that no, no. did a, you do burn after yeah, eating oh definitely not. uh no i auditioned for intolerable cruelty uh, that's also a good one yeah I'm, and they, i don't think they have any bad movies but yeah. like the ones you don't. Oh no no no! Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so name twenty Coen Cruelty, Brothers movies you'll never get. The uh, uh, <laughs> uh, man who wasn't there, and um, oh, the terrible one with this one is terrible. Oh right? brother, Tom Hanks, Lady Killers, and, oh, Lady Killers. Killers. and whichever Wayans was in that with him. Yeah. <laughs> Who's Marlon? I think. Dwayne. I like J.K. Simmons is in that though. I liked Lady Killers. You did? Yeah. I did. I like Tom Hanks. I love Tom Hanks, but that might be his the one character where you go, like, what is he doing with the big teeth? And <laughs> yeah. the like, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't watch it before anything else, but I liked I liked all of Tom Hanks' characters in Cloud Atlas better than I liked. Uh, wow. <laughs> than I liked that oh. one. Anyway. Yeah, what a, good, but that was what a waste of Tom Hanks when you got the Coen brothers there. You've got you've got Tom Hanks. You know, it's a waste of Tom Hanks in the Coen Brothers' hands. They could have really Tom Hanks yeah. did that. You know? Intolerable cruelty, though, you can smell the Brian Grazer on it. <laughs> you know, because you know it's not just produced, directed, and written by the Coens. It's it's directed by the Coens, written by the Coens, and somebody, and produced uh -huh. by the Coens and Brian Grazer. And uh -huh. you're like, this isn't quite. And is that the a only full... time they they partnered up with another big producer like that? I'd like to think so. Uh, uh, isn't Lady Killers Imagine Entertainment? Uh, mm. well, I mean, uh, I mean, as far as that goes, but I think it's like a producer's name yeah. on mm -hmm. on there. I don't. I think that might have been the only time. It's, but that, that that's how hard it is to beat up on the Coen Brothers. Like it's it even the hard. ones like you go, oh, because remember that one? It's in, like it's still in, really good. Intolerable in cruelty in the format that they're going for this very farcical sort of thing. Like I don't know anybody that yeah. can compete in farce on their level. It's it's. Uh, yeah, it's what is uh, what is the your movie experience that you enjoy the most? JP here has appeared in like your IMDb is crazy. It's got a like lot. 140 yeah. credits. So good on you, first of all. Of Thank you. So what in there was was a film that was the most satisfying? Uh, well, I've done a lot more TV than film, so it's a it's a shorter list. But um, uh, one one of my absolute best experiences in a movie was uh, it unfortunately didn't make it to screen. It just a littlest bit of it you can see. But uh, I was in Ocean's Eleven, the first movie. Oh, cool. And. Um, it was a scene that was supposed to be introducing Julia Roberts' character, and she's you know an art 
expert and she's buying like a Picasso for Andy Garcia and um, and I'm the actual like art historian who's, who's you know, going off on all this stuff. It's like three pages of, of mostly monologue for me and then her correcting me, correcting me, correcting me. Oh, wow. And then Andy Garcia comes in and you you meet her and him. And you, you understand who these people are. And uh, but the whole scene is is really my insane character and uh, I'm killing it. I'm doing a really good job and I'm, I'm psyched that I have so much to say in this yeah. movie. <laughs> and, um, and then later they realized, oh no, it's better if Matt Damon uh, sees her when we see her. That the first time he sees her is, is when the audience sees her. So they uh-huh. added the scene where she like comes down the escalator and he's standing there looking at her with, I don't know, maybe with Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt talk- yeah. And the two of them are talking about her. And so my scene ended up being turned into like a little music montage. Without any dialogue. No I remember dialogue. that scene. I know that I'm, scene. My yeah. lips are moving through the whole thing, but it's like, it's so fast. It's and Yeah, so she's short. just kind of standing and pointing, and you can tell that the yes. two of you are having a discussion about the right. painting that she's buying, but it's all done like mine. <sighs> if you were there on the day, it was like, How, oh, what this is, is going to be so good. And it's that classic thing where, of course, I Did told everybody. Glass? Oh, yeah. And Andy Garcia screwed up on one take that was going very well. And he said something that made no sense. He got the words switched around or whatever. And then the little improviser in me jumped right in and like made sense of what Great. he said. <laughs> and and the scene like it was usable all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. It made some sense. And so when they said cut, everybody laughed because they all knew that he'd screwed up. But then he like he smiled at me, and this won't work for your podcasters, but <laughs> the video people. <laughs> yes. He he smiles at me and he puts up his hand like for a high five. But, uh-huh. the, but he looks away. He's smiling at me. When he puts up his hand, he looks to the side. So his hand is like up <sighs> towards me, but it, his eyes aren't on me. And I'm like just frozen. I don't, what, what, I, I think, and I just, what do you do? I reach out and I high five him. And then he like quickly looks at me like, what the fuck was that? Like, <laughs> oh, no! like, that was like, not he supposed was, to happen. He was stretching like towards me. He was just kind of like doing a one arm <laughs> oh, stretch. Like he'd already oh. smiled and nodded and said, good job. You know, whoever you are. <laughs> but then the little, like, the stretch toward me, I thought was a high five. So, like, I hit his hand. He looked at me really scared. And then that was, like, the the rest of the day was oh, was this, like, standoff of, like, ah, this J.P. Manu guy's unpredictable. <laughs> like, he might just reach out and hit you. He's going to clobber me. Yeah. Was it? Oh, I have to ask because I love Julia Roberts. What was that like? Uh, she's gorgeous on film but if you're standing right next to her like it's so freakish really her jaw is so big really she has so many teeth <laughs> and they're all in her mouth they're all in her mouth no really it's, it's one of those most of them at you least you know our dog is like that he has she extra was, teeth and i think yeah. she was well, maybe was danny motor was he working camera on that movie is that what they met if it wasn't that it was just before <gasps> that because there was a lot of like sort of uh, gossipy oh, she stuff. Going from, uh, she she did, Ocean's but I don't 12? I don't know if he was the cameraman on Ocean's Eleven or if it would it was whatever movie they did right before it. But people were chittering, tittering, tattering, and it did, wasn't in the news yet. Did stuff, that make but, you nervous as an actor to work with her and Andy Garcia? Oh yeah, absolutely oh, right. Totally, yeah, that's not weird. <laughs> no, I, okay. I, was, I was super psyched. Wow, I mean, was, that would make me fun. so scared. But I'd like I'd met George Clooney a couple times before because I uh, I went to high school with Noah Wiley. And oh, so, cool. and I did one tiny part on ER uh, in like the first or second season. And so, like, there'd be days where I'd visit Noah at Warner Brothers and uh, they'd be like, oh, we're all going to go play basketball for two hours. So we're going to take a long lunch. And so, like, I would, <laughs> I would always have to play against uh, Clooney's producing partner. 
um, whose name is Grant Heslov. Grant Heslov. So like it, his I, brother was my surgeon. Was he? Oh, yeah. well, it's <laughs> all interesting story. But go yeah. ahead. Oh, so LA. Like, <laughs> Clooney would be would play you know one on one. He'd get paired up against like the more serious players and stuff. And then like Noah had somebody who was his height. And then Heslov and I would have to like butt up against each That's other funny. and stuff and never get the ball. <laughs> Sweat on so, each other. So for I wasn't hours. I wasn't scared of like. Like I knew George already, so that was comforting. But yeah, that was I, especially I, since you had so many lines. That's oh kind God. of crazy, so the, dude. The experience of doing that day on set was was my favorite. Like, oh yeah. my God, this is so and great. And then you start hitting and people. Then, and then I am an actor. Going going to the cast and crew screening and being like, oh no, like I've told <laughs> way too many people. Is that where you found out? Is, yeah, no, yeah. I did. Nobody told me that like the yeah. scene had gotten cut. I, I, after this cast crew screening, they're like, "All oh, right, we should have told you. Sorry, dude." But everybody <laughs> I, has a story. I like saw that. on your. I um, got one for a commercial. I yeah. saw on your IMDb. I was kicking around, and there, there's this kick-ass scene of you in ER, just talking your face off and bossing yeah, everyone I, around. I did uh, two shit. seasons of ER. I did You're a, an ass. I was a very mean surgeon. Yeah, uh, but you were right. You but were was, Mr. Know It All. Years, years later, this was the. Oh, so it the, wasn't that little part. No, the, the little part. I played a mime on on. Was this Kelly Martin ER? <laughs> Kelly Martin ER was when I. <laughs> Because I, I was a huge ER fan. When I was a mime on it, on like Navy Pier in Chicago okay. in Whiteface. And that was how like I, year they have a policy like no actor can play two different characters on that show until oh. they've gone through like all of SAG. And that was like a co-star part that I'd done long, long ago. And I'm sure it was mostly just a favor from Noah. I was like, hey, my buddy JP's like Aww. just moved out to LA and could use a credit to get in the yeah. union. Um, but then years later in the John Stamos years, you kicked ass. I was- Oh, those uh, are, yeah. <laughs> I was Dr. Dustin Crenshaw, a very mean surgeon. He just came in and just started spouting That's shit all at I do, everybody. Just tell people they're horrible and they're dumb. And <laughs> yeah. I was the reincarnation of Paul McCrane's character, the guy who got his arm chopped off by the helicopter, and then the helicopter came back to finish the job oh. like years later and killed him. Dustin Crenshaw is the best like episodic name, <laughs> right? Doctor Dustin Crenshaw. Like the, when they were writing that one, and they're introducing a new character into the soap operatic environment, and they're I like, I can't even imagine. Dustin like Crenshaw. at that point, season thirteen of ER, between all the like the doctors and all the patients they'd had, like what? How many last names and first name combinations are left? Like, and how many actors were left? Well, well that's what was remarkable about that show is that that show turned over its cast completely probably half a dozen times yeah. and continued to be a very, very strong show. The finale of that show, I think, is so brilliant. When Noah it, was the only one, I think, that lasted he, the entire time. He didn't do all 15 no? years. No, he did 12 or 13. Okay. Yeah, God, made 12. Amazing. He did 12 seasons. Um, but yeah, the finale of ER is like an, a whole new cast right? comes in just for the final episode. You meet all these other doctors and it's because they'd already closed up all the storylines for the the main characters in the episodes leading up to the finale. Oh. And so the finale of ER is about the hospital. Like, the hospital is the star. Oh. And it's like, here we go again. And it was oh. beautiful. And Clooney wakes up in bed with the... Uh, Bob Newhart. Bob Newhart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that happens a lot, but it has nothing to do with the... Uh... Yeah. <laughs> so uh, if, do you ever want to, like, uh, now with this many credits in, make your own film? Yeah, I think about it all the time, yeah. and I uh, I do a sitcom up in Toronto uh, in the summers. With, I saw some interviews Dave Foley. on that. Yeah, it's called Spun Out. It's mm -hmm. on CTV up there. You can't see it on uh, a channel here in the States yet. Uh, if you fly Air Canada, we're part of the in-flight entertainment. Fantastic. Um, but uh, we've got two seasons, uh, each of 13 episodes under our belt now, and so they're, I'm sure people are trying to package it up and sell it to the CW or some other place where you'd be able to see our show spun out multi-camera sitcom i directed also not i 
just got to direct an episode uh, recently, and uh, I should get to do more in future Absolutely. seasons. That's and cool. and yeah, the more I I get behind the scenes, the more I want to produce and direct. And that's where you go do it, right? Up in Vancouver, they're <laughs> making there's cranking movies out, right? But Lu- Louisiana very, and Vancouver. I have a serious question Toronto. about uh, Canadian television because I grew up in Buffalo, so I watched a lot of Canadian television. Did you ever see Switchback with Sean Thompson? It was on Sunday mornings. Sean like Alex Thompson. Maybe. Is that his name? He had blonde hair. Yeah, yeah. No, I know Sean, Shut but up! I never saw it because I'm not a Canadian. I'm, ah. a, I'm a, a U.S. citizen who uh-huh. became a permanent resident of Canada five well, years ago. Th- oh, I want to do that. How'd yeah. you do that? It's just a lot of paperwork and oh. time. We love Canada. You're from here, but you became a I grew a up citizen. in Santa Barbara, California. Okay, ah. and you just became and a citizen of Canada? I, I'm not yet a citizen. I'm a, It's like having a green card here. Oh, I'm that's cool. A, I count as a Canadian for all tax purposes mm-hmm. and things like that, uh, but Smart. I can't vote. I can't, oh, I right. can't get rid of Rob Ford or any of that stuff. <laughs> but how do you know uh, Sean Thompson? I know Sean Thompson from L.A. when he used to be out here years ago. And, and he years was ago. in soap operas and stuff. Oh, yeah. And he's a director up there. Shut up. Yeah. I can't even handle it. I, I, if I had known. I'll give you his number. Um, <laughs> oh, you don't that's even. That's dangerous. Is it? Understand. Karen <laughs> I know all about Candini and him going over the falls in a Kentucky Fried Chicken Barrel. Oh my Tell God. me. Are we going to find out that there's another Sean Thompson? There might like be. A different guy? <laughs> this be. guy's, I'll, I'll have to, She's I have a postcard. guy from the Niagara Falls. <laughs> but you say blonde guy. <laughs> blonde, <laughs> floppy hair. He did a talk show. He goes by Sean Alex Thompson. I can totally pick. I'll look this up that. too. All by right. the way, <laughs> NAACP was bombed. It oh. was, yeah. And, uh, well, then, attempted, attempted. Right, it was. There Attem- was I'm a, sorry, yeah. sorry. Yeah. Attempted bombing, and then, uh, and then the next article is complaining about the fact that CNN and nobody is covering it. Yeah, which oh. is interesting. Um, That's interesting that you knew all about it. That's suspicious. Well, I'm just saying. Morning. How did you know? <laughs> it's, it's that that first like hour and a half after you wake up is like all Twitter and CNN and everything mm-hmm. like absorb all social media. Oh my god, I hope you know Sean Thompson. I bet I do. We've skipped right. over Dave Foley. Sorry. Sean Sorry. Thompson yes. is amazing. Okay, so you anyway, work with so, David Foley? So I'm an American. Of the kids I, in the hall? I That's went, cool too. I went up there to work on a uh, I got. I squeezed that into an episode Good. that I just did recently. Oh, yeah. I love it. Um, I went up there originally to work on a Disney XD true. show called uh, Aaron Stone where I was an android and, and I was one of four You'd American actors up in Toronto filming this show, but I couldn't direct the show unless I was a, can- a Canadian because of their tax structure. They needed their credit for everyone on the crew being Canadian. So I pursued immigration, and that's why now I'm half a Canadian. That's uh, cool. Yeah, so I, I now hop the border wherever they'll have me. That's great. Um, but if I'm unemployed in both countries at the same time, I go where it's warmer. <laughs> and right now it's very cold in Toronto. I so. can respect that yeah. because we used to study at Second City up there and we would go from Buffalo to Toronto once a week and it's so freaking cold in yeah. Buffalo and it's just as cold in Toronto and it's awful. But Dave Foley is a Torontonian mm-hmm. and uh, I, we had all of the kids in the hall on one episode in our first season. That's and amazing. Were you a I fan was, of theirs oh at all? My God, That's very absolutely. cool. Absolutely. When I was in college in my sketch comedy group, like we would... We'd, we'd write and then we'd watch Kids in the Hall. Absolutely. And, and we'd get so depressed because we'd be yeah. like, Absolutely. we're never going to be this good. <laughs> like, yep. these guys are so incredibly prolific and like, and brave and it's like super character stuff and then very like conceptual stuff and it was phenomenal. So to have all of them there Daunting. and uh, they all were getting along because I guess you know, oh. they, after Brain Candy, they sort of all split up and then they got back together for a tour and then yeah. they split up again and like, uh, but uh, it's I would do my scenes and then any any time they were on stage like yeah I'd just be sitting there just 
my elbows on my knees and just uh, absorbing all of it, watching their dynamic as they sort of rewrote our episode. Like, because the writers definitely were like, "Here's the first draft. Do whatever you want. Yeah. Like, yeah. nobody's yeah, gonna so tell them awesome. like you have to do this." To this day, because it's douchey to go up and yep. bark celebrities. Yeah. Uh, if we see a celebrity in LA, we will squish their head from afar. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. because we want to acknowledge that we see them, but we don't want to yeah. bother them, we so we'll just go. Some I think have seen heads. us and they know what we're up yeah, to. Yeah, because they're like, because you know, but you can't get mad, really, can you? Like if you see someone going. Uh. Uh. Well, great to have you here. Thanks for chiming hey, in on all the films. Thanks I don't so know, much. Uh, I, there's You're not, the not a lot of time show? for. Oh, that's true. All right, bring that I up. I did. I was in thing. two episodes nah, of that's Transporter. Awesome. That's I, awesome. Uh, I haven't even seen it. Yeah, I haven't I seen it myself. Seen the show Is that yet. a TV show? Yeah, I just got. I don't know. Is no, Monday airing we, right now? Yeah, we did it like three years ago. Oh, but, uh, really? But it's it was like four different production companies, uh, Europe, Money, and all these places, and it became our lead guy. Like threw his back out after doing all Jason these Staten. stunts. <laughs> yeah, but he was really good. This guy, and um, I think my my character is introduced with like two strippers, like one on each knee, and there's and boobs in my face. And Fabulous. Like, I haven't seen it, but I need it for my new demo reel. So I if you have it on your DVR, <laughs> and he her, oh, she kisses uh, nipples yeah. and everything. I thought I it was no. on Hulu no. or something. It might be now. I feel yeah, like I've seen it. It pop was like up HBO Canada, and then it was going to be Cinemax here, mm. and I don't know where. Oh, it screw is. it. Okay, well we're still on your, anyway. your career, Transformers. Yes. Yeah, so that's Michael Bay remembering me from auditioning for like Aerosmith videos a million years ago. Shut up, that was, happens. I didn't. He yeah, you. I didn't Which audition. Transformers are you in? The first one. Cool. And he uh, there was that was like a phone call. It was like, hey, uh, Michael just wants you to go downtown uh, tomorrow afternoon. Uh, it's not in the script, but he's gonna put a camera on you and like uh, you're just do whatever he says. I was like, yeah, I'll, I've heard, I'll do that. I've heard stories. Yeah. He, I've heard stories. Is he about. a loon or is he? Yeah, I mean, he's insane. He he like fired the uh, first AD <laughs> like when I got there and he hired him again after lunch. Like um, <laughs> they were blowing up all <laughs> downtown Los Angeles. Yeah. When, you, when your movies make as much money as that guy's does, I guess you just let yeah. him do whatever the hell then he wants. Yeah, after lunch, he's like, where is he? They're like, you fired him. Like, get him back here. I'm like, all right. <laughs> <laughs> like that kind of stuff. He went home with his box of belongings. Such a sketch. Um, but that, yeah. that was, I was lucky enough to do uh, a little improvised bit for that as a man on the street uh, whining about all the debris and like, my moped's under there, man. Um, and then uh, he brought me back for the island uh, where mm. I was a retarded clone. Oh, yeah. I, you'd be great really? at that. As, as a retarded yeah. clone, yeah. Well, there's certain things that are just like, who do we Those call? Those are his words, too. <laughs> I, w- I would have said developmentally challenged, but challenge Michael, Michael ret- Bay said, you're a retarded clone. <laughs> I was like, all right. He would know. All right. Just eat, eat some nuts and bolts. Look, look funny over there. And then uh, Karen and I first saw you on the Wayne Brady show. Yeah. Did you come ago. to a taping? We came to a taping. Oh, I'm friends friend... with Leah Stanko. Right, right, right. Mangum. Yeah. Stanko Mangum. Yeah. Yep. Um, or Stankum. Stankum. I put By the way, them together. You ever have a s- Stankum sandwich? Oh, those are the best. Right? You cannot find it's Stankums. Like J-Lo. Right out of the freezer, right under the ground. They don't make Stankums anymore. Huh. I looked. I love those. I looked too. But yeah, we saw that. That was crazy because we know really Shuli. Mm-hmm. And that was uh, <laughs> that was a show fraught with tragedy. We uh, we did. <laughs> The first six as, episodes. As he laughs, I just wanted to make sure you watched the show. Uh, in yeah. the summer of 2001. Mm-hmm. And uh, ABC was like, We love it. You're the new Carol Burnett show, primetime variety. And Wayne Brady's the perfect guy for it. And we're, this is it. So it's. Go did, buy a house. When did somebody say you're the new Carol Burnett show? Huh? When did somebody say you're the new Carol the, this, Burnett the, show? The Wayne Brady Variety Show. Okay. This right. is the summer of 2001. And, uh, and then, um, so they ordered seven more episodes. We shot them, and they aired. The first of those seven, like right 
like it was supposed to air right before September 11th or right oh, after no. September 11th. Oh. So it was like we we had one episode on the air, and in one I play Osama bin Laden, who at the time was just kind of a joke, oh. like like oh that guy wow. is always making threats and stuff. Like he'd blown up something, but like sure. you're the comedic equivalent yet. of that rap. It was a album Jeopardy cover sketch. The... You might have been there for it. It was a Jeopardy sketch, and like I was Osama bin Laden, and I had like bombs in my hands and stuff. Well, and, you had uh, bombed the tower the first time by then too. So yeah, 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 yeah. He, was, yeah. he was a big asshole. No, no, we, we, yeah. yeah, so like we uh, we had this. Comedy show that was ready to come on TV again, right when every network was like, "We're not putting comedy on TV yet." Like we're not, we're all afraid of comedy. Right, right. Yeah. And uh, and I remember uh, Clooney was organizing his big uh, like "We Are the World" type thing, where the you know every Tom Petty comes in and sings like <laughs> "We Won't Back Down" and stuff for that. You know, a lot of candles and telethon <laughs> fundraising for like yeah. And they were shooting that on the stage like right next to us while we were still trying to shoot <laughs> episodes of the Wayne Brady Variety Show, oh, which would geez. never end up on TV. Yeah. So that was that was the Wayne Brady Show, the short-lived <laughs> primetime variety show. It was funny though. It was a good cast. Funny, yeah. yeah. So Missy Pyle, who's yeah. wonderful, yeah. and uh, Brooke Jonathan Dillman, Magnet. Jonathan, yeah. me, and Wayne. Uh, yeah, it was sort of like the Tim Conway. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jonathan was kind of a Harvey Corman. <laughs> and, uh, Do they really require you guys to identify <laughs> with a cast member of the Carol Burnett? Show? Carol Burnett came and visited. <laughs> Carol Burnett showed oh, no. up and gave us her blessing. That's how much they were like, "You wow. are the new oh, Carol Burnett amazing. show." Were you on the stage by any chance? Because you were down at Television City, right? Yeah. But was Carol Burnett? Was it, was she just she came to no, visit what, us? Did they at record the, the Carol Burnett show there too, or did they? Oh, I don't know. Oh, I don't think. Who so. was the Vicky Lawrence of your show? <laughs> Vicky Lawrence would have been Britt Dillman, I guess. Ah, maybe. <laughs> Congratulations. Well, we, we sort of I mean, I'm to, sorry, you were the Vicky. Lawrence. Wayne is is Carol, so I don't know. <laughs> yeah. The math well, is going to get tricky now. We have no time for what did you see this week? What? Sadly, what? I know. We will but, still have seen it. But I love Foxcatcher so much. It was great. Did you like that? The movie works on you, right? Has everybody seen it? No, I gotta see that. I'm gonna and see I that like, in Whiplash. I, li- I really liked Whiplash. Foxcatcher is a more laudable movie. Sweet. I think it's like it's just I'm excited it's to beautiful see filmmaking. Good. Yeah, that Ben Miller is no joke. Nope, he's nope. and it's terrific. And now Mark Schultz wants to take him down. Wasn't Mark Schultz a producer on the film? Uh, yeah, yeah, I heard this on the uh, yeah. which on the may have been just in exchange for giving up the rights to his life story. I imagine. Like, he, why is he hate? Well, he's he got a book that he's promoting too. Yeah, he's trying to get people to say like, uh, read the book instead. Yeah. Or also, I was a very late, as in uh, nine months late, to the uh, Grand Budapest Hotel party. Sure. But it is a fucking That's hell of a great. party. It's amazing. I'm happy to be a part of it. So I saw that just a couple weeks ago. I would have no That's problem with him winning. That's be yeah. Great. yeah, it's a great movie. If that's not nominated for best cinematography or best production design, then what's the point of the Oscars? Yeah, right. I, he he may get best <laughs> picture. I mean, I think uh, he could also get a sort of lifetime achievement there. The only problem is it's there's great. nothing you can it. feel guilty about uh, by nominating uh, by not. You <laughs> That's know, like, true. I mean, you got to right. vote you're, for you're, Selma, yeah, like exactly. Unbroken you know? or something. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. or Sniper, American Sniper. You know, <laughs> well, like support the troops or support the racial thing. It, that doesn't gonna, support anything. It comes down and, uh, to some sort of race thing or something to do with the Nazis. Remember, we were talking about that. Some learning disorder. Yeah. Birdman may not get it because it's again Hollywood performers, performer. Mm-hmm. Per- like they gave it to the artist a couple years ago. I, I think it'll be a while before we get another sort of. But they were able to say it's a four. Uh, it's a movie in a different language, and there's subtitles. In so, the artist, yeah. So they were able to say, "No, no, this has subtitles." So it's mm-hmm. okay. But the artist won Best Picture, mm-hmm. it did. like flat out. Yeah, a great yeah. film. Yeah. It was a great film. I'm just saying they always, you know, have something. It's got a thing. It's it qualified can't. somehow. Yeah. yeah. Yes. All right. Well, let's get on to Karen's big finale. Uh, how, the way we wrap up the show all the time, or celebration of the birthdays Bart. of those who make the movies. <laughs> it's time for Karen's birthdays. Take it away. <laughs> 
wishing a very happy birthday to Robert Duvall. Happy birthday, happy Robert birthday. Duvall. Bobby turns, D. He turns 84, but he can play anywhere from a moon man as an astronaut in Deep Impact to a man who mm. moons in The Judge. No. Yes, I think we saw Butt in The Judge, didn't we, honey? When he's yeah, in the shower. Yeah, it was shower. unpleasant. It oh, wasn't yeah. his. Wait, was you it? guys are a couple? Okay. <laughs> they get it on. No, they we shower all, in the movie. We all know Dr. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Duvall's work from The Godfather, The Godfather 2, not The Godfather 3. The rumor is he wanted too much money. And Apocalypse Now. And even he won an Oscar for Best Actor in the work of Tender Mercies. Has anybody seen Tender Mercies? I've not, but I've seen the, the parody of Tender Fella, played by uh, yeah. <laughs> played by uh, Martin Short for one of the oh, Martin Short specials, fine. and he plays Jerry Lewis in the part of that. Uh, so I know the plot. In Tender okay. Mercies, yeah, That's yeah. Hilarious. he plays Jerry Lewis <laughs> so as the Cinder guitar player. Fella, who, tender Mercies, t- yeah, Tender Fella. <laughs> wow, yeah, <laughs> very second city television. Yeah, so um, we haven't seen that, but. There are a lot of movies that he's done that would surprise you, even though he does have a lot of things that are great. Some of them are a little sketchy. Oh, yeah. So I'm going to list a movie. I'm going to say a movie, and you're going to say whether or not you think Robert Duvall showed up in it in some way. (laughs) All right? So here's the first one. Jack Reacher. (laughs) Four Christmases. No. No. Okay, how many yeses do we get? I think we got three yeses and a no. No, I don't think he's no. He was in. Oh, it feels like he's in there. Yeah, it felt like he was in there. It is the Vince Vaughn Reese watching. Witherspoon movie. Yes, I think he played one of their fathers. Kicking and screaming. No. With Will Ferrell. Oh wait, yes. Not the indie one. Not the. Uh, the yes. other kicking he's and screaming. In he's in it, yes. Yes, he is in it. Seems yes. like he'd show up in that for some reason. I don't know why. <laughs> and that would have been a weird title for you to pick as just a movie he's not in. Right, as exactly. A red Herring <laughs> movie. It's a little tricky. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard to do this because you guys yeah. are too smart for my, my quizzes. I have to be mm. tricky. We bought a zoo. Oh, yes. He's definitely in. I think he's in the trailer for that one. <laughs> he feels like he's in that. Paul, also, gonna... the We Bought a Lion or whatever, that uh, the Impressionable Lions or whatever that indie <laughs> movie is. I think he was I in that. Buy a zoo. Actually, he was I not in We Sue. Bought a what? Zoo with gotcha. Matt Damon. No way. But he was in Second Hand Lions with Haley Joe. That's, 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 that's what I was trying to say. Yes. I called him Impressionable well Lions. Well done. Second Hand Lions. I have to be careful. Thanks, Howard. title of movie. Right? For being that. Was Robert Duvall <laughs> in the musical Newsies? Ooh, I say no. I will go no because really nobody's in that. Christian Bale. Yeah, he was. Who he was. I'm gonna say yeah. yes. He was. he was. Does he oh sing in Newsies? I don't know if he sings. He I didn't George have that Burns much time. Thing, but yeah. that guy will not turn down a role. I know it's yeah. fucking wow. crazy. Back then, I, th- I know now he's like Mr. Supporting Actor guy, but all right, back then. he's been in as many things as uh, JP. I, I love the smell of newsprint in the morning. <laughs> it was funny because when I was scrolling JPs, I almost had to. Robert Duvall's a little shorter. Sure. A little shorter IMDb. Yeah. Home on the Range, yes or no? It's gotta be. Disney no. animated No, movie? wait a minute. That might be... Uh... No, you, you're trying to make us think it's open range. Ah! Home on the Range is a Disney animated ah! movie, yes. which he is not in. Yes, you're right. You I caught me. Don't all these titles tricks. kind of sound the same? That's like, what I'm saying. Like, Bought a Zoo, Secondhand yeah. Lions, Open Range. Like, wait, it's, it's so weird. It sounds like a... And he's in the one of them, you know. The very Heartland. The good one or the shitty one. Which he is. Here's yeah, a Heartland. tricky one. Where the Buffaloes roam. He's not in that. Is he in True Grit? The Coen Brothers one? Sure seems like he'd or show up. I'm going to go no. One. No, Matt Damon is, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I'm going to say no. I'm going to say he's in neither of them, because I don't know which one you're yeah. talking about. Yeah, I don't think he's in it. Oh, Jimmy, go with your first thought. Seems like he he's in the first up. one. He's in the first one. 
starts with ah, Timmy as her That's eye. how old he is. Yes, it was 19. <laughs> Take that, old guy. Wow. He was in the original True Grit. That was a little tricky one. 1968. See? He must have been 35 then. Right? He was at least seven. <laughs> and now, last question. What is my favorite Robert Duvall movie? To Kill a Mockingbird. The, oh, good no, call. The I know this. First Godfather. Oh, that's pretty good. Beethoven. Think it start. <laughs> think Bill Murray. Get get low. Get low. That's wow. right. All right. It's very nice. Is that a work. good movie? Yeah. That's a great movie. It's a really good movie. Oh. It is really good. Yeah, he plays a curmudgeon that wants to have his own funeral before he dies, and Bill oh, Murray puts okay. it together, and it's just not have right. Have you seen City of Ember? Uh, no, I should see yeah, that. Is that any good? Not yeah. good. Okay, never mind. And next, let's wish a very happy birthday to Norman Reedus, who turns 46, oh. but can play anyone anywhere from a hunk of meat to a hunk of meat, literally, trying not to get eaten by zombies. Now, do you know who Norman is? I, I think I speak for everyone when I say who. Norman Reedus plays Daryl on The Walking Dead. Ah, but I know him from that yes. uh, movie where the uh, the Irish hitman... Boondock Saints. Boondock right. Saints. The pretty interesting first movie. What's more interesting than that is the documentary on the filmmaker that made it called Overnight. Mm-hmm. Oh. You get a chance to see Overnight, play the Overnight drinking game. Every time he says he's going to take over the industry, you drink. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, uh, or, or we've got to get... Everything together, he says that over and over and over. But the other, but have you ever seen the sequel to Boondock Saints? No, no. That is a parody of uh, media. Like, it was what is going on with that movie? It is the most weird, awkward, hammy. Like all the lines are like super, super clever, like overly rewritten because he didn't make a movie in between the eight years between those two movies. <laughs> overly, like super, like everybody speaks in these super clever, weird sentences. It's the strangest thing. Those are two different. What's movies. it called? Boondock Saints 2, All Saints Day. I'm just trying to figure out (laughs) how Norman would fit into that movie, but he just doesn't seem like... uh, Though, I did want to tell you that his first film was a Guillermo del Toro horror thriller named Mimic. Oh, Oh, I remember that. He was in Mimic. He was in Mimic. Wasn't Mira Servino in there. Well, he seems to have found his his niche because he has another movie that's going to be coming out next year. He's going to star in Air... Wake cycle, which is about two custodians who struggle to hold on to their sanity, living in an underground bunker with cyro. How do you say that? Cryogenically frozen people, oh. meant to repopulate society. Oh, I, I already. I just hope they don't eat his brains. To make wow. right, it's just them in a room. It's for, just them in yeah. a room trying to live with these people who are frozen. Now, everyone, what is my favorite Norman Reedus movie? Go. Mm. Boondock Saints. The television We've show, named the, ones I the know. Walking Dead. <laughs> he was an eight millimeter with Nicolas Cage. Of course. Favorite? Oh God, that movie. No, was so hard I don't to watch. know that movie. I'm just being stupid. Joel Schumacher's oh. eight millimeter. Right, of course. I don't know. And lastly, let's wish a very happy birthday to Eddie Redmayne. It's funny because you mentioned him earlier tonight, and you were talking about he was in Les Mis, right? He turns 33, but can play anywhere from having it all by spending a week end with Marilyn to knowing it all by playing the Stephen Hawkins character in The Theory of Everything. Now, he is the it actor right now. Do you think he's going to win an Academy Award? That movie went away. Uh, no I don't, buzz on I don't that think anymore, he will. Right? I, I really? really I really like Theory of Everything. I thought it was fantastic. I haven't watched my screener um, yet, so I have to watch that. I think too. Theory of Everything and Imitation Game, like they're both beautiful movies about mm-hmm. smarty pants, math, yeah. British guys. But uh, they could also, you can watch them on a plane. Quite the crap. <laughs> wow. Well, you're stuck and you can't yeah. get away. That's I was going to say, anybody else see it? Because, no. you know, it's one of those no, movies going where you're like, oh. no. By the time I will have seen all these Oscar movies, there will be like 12 others that I'm supposed to see. Like right. every time I yeah. see a couple, then like there's, there's a bunch more. more. Like Imitation Game is like a recent thing. I'm like, oh, well, now I got to see that one. See, that they should spread them out throughout the win. year. They dump them all right Although, now. There's I will no say, time. Uh, um, Bless you. Imitation Game is a better World War II movie than oh. Unbroken. 
I agree with you. Yes. I absolutely could not stand that right. aspect. Anyway, uh, to wrap this up, Lee, you yes. know how much I love when celebrities sing. It's one of the two things people remark about you. First, yes, what do they say? They love that you wear pink headphones. I do. And I two, that you love when celebrities sing. I do love when celebrities sing. And we know that Eddie sang in Les Miserables, but I wasn't going to pull that clip because who wants to hear that? So instead, I dug deep and I found a clip of Eddie Redmayne singing God is With Us with the Eaton College Choir in 2000. <laughs> so the f- solo voice you hear will be wow. Eddie. He's the soloist? Here it comes. It's lovely. Feel free to talk over it. He's singing all the parts right now. He loops himself. It's yeah. a hip way to do a live show now. If you're not watching this, you have to. Because yeah, Jake is lip We're all staring <laughs> channeling Red Man. He's lip syncing. God is with us? God is, God is with us. God is with us, yes. I don't know where God is, but he's apparently somewhere. Now that this is playing, I'm going to say this uh, show's going to end right on time. <laughs> <laughs> that wraps into the movie showcast, everybody. Follow us on Twitter at The Movie Guys, on Facebook.com slash The Movie Guys, as well as so YouTube, lovely. Vimeo, iTunes, SoundCloud, Vine, Instagram, link, LinkedIn, no, even what the fuck. Like all that shit. shit. Thanks to JP Manu. Hey. hey! Thanks for having me, guys. Plugs? JP is with us. Uh, yeah. No, that's uh, his I'll natural hair. Up- Shut up! <laughs> <laughs> I'll be on an upcoming episode of uh, Nickelodeon's The Thundermans. Ooh. Ooh. So if you have kids, maybe your DVR is already set for The Thundermans. Well, our audience and, uh, loves kids Or maybe stuff. I'm willing to watch that. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? And if you're in Canada, second season of Spun Out will premiere on March 5th. Cool. So cool. And uh, social media? Uh, at J-P-M-A-N-O-U-X. Oh, first to um, that one, huh? Otherwise, <laughs> otherwise, you can find me on Facebook. I will message you back. Oh. Uh, well, and thanks to Steve Schultz as well for his writing contributions to the show every week. And remember, you can always find everything we're up to at themovieguys.net. Next week, we'll be back with hey, a Hey, wait a minute. Time. I think that high note is Eddie. <laughs> that part. Oh, God. Really tight is pants. Is this a Christmas There's no girls in this? <laughs> no, it's a boys' choir. Uh, more January movies coming up next week whose names I can't remember or they would have released them another month. Thanks, and we'll see you then. <laughs> I feel so holy. Hey, Paul. Bye, Larry. What's on next after the show? (laughs) What's coming up? What should we stay tuned for? Oh, well, there's always... uh... Saturday, the love (laughs) just might sink. That's entertainment. It's a Titanic two-hour spectacular when Barbie Benton, David Birney, the Rovers Audra Lindley, Lola Falana, Dick Martin, and Donna Mills sail unawares into the funniest ocean disaster ever. Hello. I thought we might have a little chat. Goodbye. Is that little enough for you? Is this the big kiss-off for the love boat? (laughs) 